Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Zinger Nation Power Hour, where we give you the rundown on the hottest trades and stock ideas. For the best experience and most up-to-date information, tune in live on the Benzinga YouTube channel, weekdays at noon. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Let's get ready to rumble! Zinger Nation jam-packed show today. Peloton of 5%. What's up, discipline investor? We got Benzinga CEO Jason Raznick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. Yo, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. My favorite day of the week. We are back at it. Yes, that's right. We are cruising. Uh, welcome to the Power Hour, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about stocks. So I, I hope that's a good topic of discussion. So we talk about every single day. But guys, I'll start today off the way that I start every single day, which was to remind you of the point of the show. That This show, the, these two hours that we spend together, the reason that we're doing it is because we want this to be the best trade idea resource out there. That's what we're going for, guys. Ideas not just coming from myself, not just coming from Jason, but most importantly, coming from from all of you out there in the chat, in the Zinger Nation community. If you're out there, you're watching with us, you're hanging out with us, go ahead, smash that like, and then drop into the chat the stocks that you're trading today. Um, quick little preview as to what, what we have coming up. So so we, we, we have a, a handful of things to do before our first guest joins us at 1230. So, so at 1230, we're going to bring on Nick from Bull Trade Finder. Uh, we we are going to talk some uh, swing trading with him. Um, uh, so so before we get to him at twelve thirty, there's a couple of hot stocks to check out. We're going to talk Tesla. We're going to talk crypto stocks. We're going to talk some some AMC G- GME. Uh, we are then going to do an update on our Visa covered call trade. If you guys recall, we 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 did a covered call together. We sort of explained why we like to do covered calls, how it helps us, how it helps us de-risk a little bit, how we can basically create our our own dividend. Uh, by leveraging a covered call strategy. So we're going to do a check-in there. I then have an options trade for you guys. So we're, we're going to do a live options trade together on the show. Uh, then, then at 12.30, Nick from Bull Trade Finder is going to join us. At 1 o'clock, we're going to have another batch of guests. Um, and, and then Jason's going to come on with, with a few of his stock ideas. But again, guys, first things first, I'm going to say hi in the chat. I'm hanging out over there in the chat. Drop in any tickers that you're looking at today. Uh, because we're going to have some time to look at your tickers. So, all right. For first things first, biggest news of the day. Let, let, let's get into it. Here, here's my, my trusty Benzinga Pro, pro.benzinga.com, that I'm always throwing up there on the screen. Biggest news of the day, perhaps the most important news of the day. Uh, coming out of Tesla. Let's see, where can I, I got to adjust this mic. All right, there it is. All right. 
So 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 Tesla is announcing that the titles of, of Elon Musk and, and Zach Kirkhorn, that, that's their CFO, have changed to Techno King of Tesla and Master of Coin. So, so if you're a big Tesla investor and you missed this one, again, check it out right here coming out of my Benzinga Pro newsfeed. Elon Musk, he, he will retain his position as CEO, but is changing his title to Techno King of Tesla. Uh, and, and, and then Zach, their, their CFO, uh, he's going to keep his position as CFO, but his title is going to be changing to Master of Coin. That that that's probably the most important news of the day. Definitely the most interesting news of the day. Um, so 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 you know, it's always good to start with a little bit of fun on Mondays. So. All right, guys, there it is. And, and, I, and I'm looking at some of your tickers out here in the chat. PLTR. We'll look at that one. PLTR SNDL. We will go ahead and look at that one. Uh, DPW. We'll look at that when we do the crypto stock run. Where is that at? All right. DPW. All right. What else? What else? Uh, SOS. Same thing. We'll look at Genius Brands. That's a good one. All right. There we go. There, there's a batch. We'll, we'll keep checking in. We'll, we'll, we'll keep looking at them. But all right. There, there's our Tesla news for the day. Tesla news out of the way. Um, Next, let's go to crypto stocks, and then we're going to do ETFs in just a minute here. Special guest Spencer Israel is going to come on and critique our, our ETF portfolio. But all right, let, let, let's talk about crypto stocks. I'm going to start us off, guys. BYGVF, you know my favorite, Voyager Digital, ripping today. No, another, let's see, come on. There's a first target. All right. A little cash register there, action there. Uh, Voyager Digital, that this is our crypto stock. This is my crypto stock, the, the one that I like. Again, guys, I like this one be, because it's it's not a, a crypto exchange or a Bitcoin miner. It's a brokerage, so it makes money on both sides. It's not like you're just dependent on uh, on, on Bitcoin to go up. But but what's really interesting with our crypto stocks today, let, let's click through the group of them. So we have Riot, uh, M-A-R-A, Mara. Uh, the CEO of Mara, we're actually going to be having on this show in about a month. So, so if you guys like Mara, there we go. There, there's that answer for you there. Um, uh, let's see. DPW is another one in the chat. Uh, SOS, right? We can look at eBay. Um, Basically, the takeaway here is, is that all the crypto stocks are up today. And, and what's really interesting about that is that it happened despite the price of Bitcoin falling. So 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 check this out. Here here's a five day. Here's here's a really small little chart. Here's five days of Bitcoin, right? We 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 had this really nice sell off. We we got to 60k over the weekend. There was a ton of energy on on FinTwit and all over the world. Bitcoin's at sixty thousand dollars. We finally did it, uh, and 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 then we got some some sell off that happened, uh, you know, yesterday into today. Uh, but the price of these stocks are still up. This is really abnormal. In the past, when we've seen the price of these crypto stock or or of Bitcoin fall. The crypto stocks have fallen it, and they've fallen it with like 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 an amplification, and on both sides, right? If, if Bitcoin is up five percent, the crypto stocks are up fifteen percent. If Bitcoin's down five percent, they're down fifteen percent. That that that's the way that it's gone in the past. Um, what I think is really interesting is that we we have a day where where, where Bitcoin slash crypto in general is down, uh, and these stocks are still up. Um, and and so I want to throw a question out. First question of the day, throwing it out to Zinger Nation, all of you out there in the chat. Uh, if if you are bullish on crypto, if you're bullish on Bitcoin at the current price, 
throw the one in the chat. If not, throw the two. So so you're putting in a, a two if you're bearish, uh, th- throwing in a one if you're bullish. I'm going to see Blockchain Brian. They're saying he just signed up for Voyager. He has not tried the app yet. Well, Blockchain Brian, you're going to have to let us know. Come back once you tried it out and let us know how it goes. Um, but I want to see what people think. I, I use it and like it. Somebody else is saying that it sucks. Tell us why it sucks because we want to know. All right, and I'm seeing these ones and twos roll in, and the group is definitely way more bullish on on crypto than they are bearish. I'm I'm more bullish than I'm bearish here as well. Um, and again, what 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 I think is interesting about these stocks today is okay, we we got some Bitcoin selling out of the way. The stocks held up, not only held up, but actually leapt up. They they increased in price. So so if we get a rally back to that psychological sixty thousand mark or above, it should these stocks should fare very well. Again, guys, I'm going to make the case for Voyager Digital, um, VYGVF, and I'm going to pull up a nice little Twitter thread for you. Um, but again, the, the reason why I like this stock in particular, I mean, I mean there, there, there's a couple. One, the estimates for, for their next earnings report, their Q1 earnings, I think are way low and, and that they should blow that out of the water. Uh, two, they, they, they make money on both sides. And then three, their business is more comparable to Coinbase than any other of the crypto stocks out there. Um, and, and so when we get that Coinbase IPO, it should be great for this stock, right? Co- Coinbase right now is being priced somewhere around 50 times revenue, right? Literally 50 times revenue is going to be one of the hottest IPOs that, that we ever get. Um, and, and Voyager here is trading at like eight times, 10 times revenue. Uh, so, 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 and, and, and I'll point this out too about the Voyager revenue growth. It went from three and a half million in Q4 to literally 50 million in Q1. They, they actually had to put on a, uh, 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 a limit, right? They, they, they had to put on a waiting list on people opening new accounts because they couldn't keep up. That is now off. Um, so, so, so this person saying, okay, he is a Voyager app. It's okay. I, I'm curious. I, I, I want to hear what everybody else says about it. Um, yeah. See, see, and look at this, the, 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 this is a waiting on the account. And I wonder if that has to do with the wait list, which, which they just recently took off. But all right, guys, dro- dropping the link here in the chat. <laughs> All right, to, to this Twitter thread, I, I mean, I, I did like a, like a nice big deep dive on Voyager uh, about a week ago when, when they gave us an update. I expect that we'll get another update from the company later this week. They, they've been like a PR machine. Um, so, so go ahead, ch- check that out if you're, you're interested in the stock. But again, final conclusion, I see you guys are all bullish on crypto, not everybody, but let's say 85% of the group is bullish on crypto. Uh, my, my takeaway is that if, if the stocks are holding up today and we're having a, a, a selling day on crypto, they, they, they should be poised to go higher What once we get an uptake in, in Bitcoin slash crypto prices in general. Um, and again, guys, go ahead, smash that like button for us, to say hi in the chat, etc. All right, so so I'm going to keep us rolling. Let, let, let's knock down. Let's do this. All right, I'm going to make it make an agenda for us. So 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 let, let, let's hammer through some of these stocks, some of these tickers that you guys threw out in the chat. So we're going to go through P- Palantir, PLTR. We're going to go through Sundial, S&DL. And we're going to do Genius Brands, GNUS. Those were the first three that I saw. Uh, and then I'm going to be bringing two options trades to you guys. So, so we're going to do an update on our Visa covered call that we did last week. Uh, I'm also going to make a, 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 a trade and an options trade on FUO. F-U-B-O, um, and, and then we're going to get to the ETF stuff. So, all right, let, 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 let's run down the sticker list. First one up, PLTR. Uh, I used to own this one in the live portfolio. I don't know if I still do. Let's see. 
PLTR. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Here, here, here. Let me zoom in for you guys. All right, th this is the live portfolio, my live interactive brokers account. We look at this one every single day. P's PLTR. All right, so we, we still do have some Palantir, um, and, and we're we're actually up in the stock because we got into it by selling puts. So 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 the 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 price that we took the shares at was then it would have been what twenty eight bucks, but but we sold the puts for a dollar fifty. So we're pretty much about break even, and we'll do more on put selling later this week. Um, but all right, let, let, let's pull up the chart of this thing on on Palantir. Obviously, it, it, it got hammered for for a little bit. Here, let's go even further back. All right, so 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 we had this hammering. We we now have a, have a nice upward trend on it. Uh, the the thing that I always advise is is not to pick the bottom, guys. Right, whenever you're, uh, uh, yep, there we go. Coinbase is easy to use. Um, but but all right. Uh, the the thing that I always recommend when we're looking at stocks is is not picking bottoms. Right. I blew up an account uh, many years ago, basically buying stocks that were down. It would be like a stock is down 30%, 40%, 50%. I'm going to go ahead and buy that stock. It can't go any lower. Well, I found out that stocks can go lower even when you think that you're at a bottom. So, so I, as a rule, don't buy stocks when they're down. I, I wait for some sort of reversal of the trend. Um, we, we, we clearly see that here in Palantir. So, so, so if you've been waiting for, for a sign to get bullish, you know, they, they, they are showing this nice upward momentum. The, the, the downward trend is broken. It looks like, um, you know, so, so I'm, I'm sort of neutral in this one. I own the shares outright. I'm going to continue to own the shares outright. Again, I, I sold puts against the stock, which makes me synthetically long it. I only do that with stocks that, I, that I'm okay holding for, for an extended period of time. Um, but let's see, when, when are we going to get their next earnings report? This is before 30 is when, when their next earnings is. Again, pulling this out of Benzinga Pro. So, so, so we have a little ways to go. Um, but but my thought is, hey, let, let, let's hang out. Um, I, I'm it, it, the the trend looks nice. These candles are pretty. Let, let's see if we can get get a march higher here. Uh, if you guys like Palantir, if, if if you're long Palantir, throw the one in the chat. Uh, if not, throw the two. I'm curious where everyone is at with this one. Uh, and then let let's let's keep clipping to the next ticker. So, all right, next up on the list, SNDL Sundial Growers cannabis stock and i believe that we actually got news out of this one today too we did okay all right so 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 all right you guys all like palantir as well all right well, well let, let, let's see where he's at with sundial all right, so so Sundial, if you guys remember this one, th this was a big Atlas stock. Uh, you know, ba basically the stock was uh, sub a dollar or somewhere right around a dollar, and 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 the group said, hey, this thing's going to two bucks. They hit their price target. It did pull back quite a bit when when we got all of that uh, uh, tech selling, right? Then, then then we saw a lot of the. Uh, uh, a, a lot of, of these sort of high flying type stocks sell off. And, and I'm going to say this one too. Um, and I'm going to throw this one out to the group as well. We're just, we're just getting Zinger Nation going today. Okay. I'm warming up still for the week. We're going to get Zinger Nation warmed up for the week. So, so, so the, the question that I have for you guys is how bullish or bearish are you on the general market? If you're bullish, hit, hit a one. If you're bearish, hit a two. If you're like sort of in this wait and see mode, hit a three. I'm personally in that wait and see mode. Um, so, so the reason why I'm bringing this up with Sundial is because when we had that market volatility, the stock got absolutely hammered, uh, j just like a lot of other high flyers. It it's now rebounded some over, over the past week or so. 
Um, somebody's saying OGI. All right, we'll look at that one. Um, the, the, the stock has now re- rebounded some over the past week or so. Um, something that, that is really interesting uh, is, is that this, the company did, in fact, actually have news today. Uh, basically, what they're doing is, is they announced, a, a, I think it's basically a joint venture uh, with, with like a financial backer for, for the company to be able to set up some sort of uh, uh, like investment fund to invest in cannabis businesses. There, there was talk about a SPAC in there. Um, Again, if you guys are in Benzinga Pro, you'll, you'll see the press releases there, 7.14. It looks like we got a summary of it at – or the press release came out at 7. We have a summary at 7.14. So so go ahead and check that out. Um, but but they do have news, and the news does seem interesting, right? If, if they're involved in this joint venture to, to help deploy some capital into the cannabis space, that is interesting. Uh, but because I, I'm like a three on the market right now, right? We, we said one is, is bullish, two is bearish, three is like you're sort of in this hangout, wait, and see mode. I'm in this three hangout wait and see mode um i'm not hopping on on names like this right now the the only place where i'm putting new money are are in higher quality stocks when i say higher quality stocks it just means stocks that have have some nice consistent cash flow maybe they pay a dividend we're not looking for 200 revenue growth right do i still have a lot of those those stocks on in the portfolio yes i do last week i did make the portfolio uh uh, more conservative two weeks ago i bought puts in spy um, and I'm leaving those puts on. So, so I because I'm more conservative, I'm not hopping into stocks like this right now. I'm not going to be doing a, a whole ton of swing trading right now. And, and just scrolling through through the answers from the group, it, it looks like most predominantly you guys are are bullish on the market in general. And and then number two, uh, you're you're sort of in this hangout wait and see camp like I am. I'm, I'm in much more of a risk off. Um, so, so that's where I'm at with with, with the Palantir. Um, and let's pull the third one out of the chat. G-N-U-S, Genius Brands. Um, uh, so, so Genius Band shares are up. The company's announcing a Roblox series will be aired on its Cartoon Channel Network. Um, all right. I don't know a whole ton about this thing. The chart looks decent, right? If if, if you're technical, you're, you want to see it take out this high, right? Here's a one-month chart. We've got a high right there, 257. Not far from that at all. We, we do have news today, and it's sort of sexy news with, with the Roblox there, and, and the stock isn't really moving off of that. Um, so so I guess maybe maybe it's a little bit of a wait and see there on Genius Brains. <sighs> Whew. All right, there's the group. And, and I see Mr. Israel is here to hang out with us for our ETF segment. Uh, let's throw him on the stream here. What's up, Spencer? What's up, man? All right. You want to do ETF? I'm, I'm always down for that. All right, hold on. Give me a second. Let me let me get some hydration, okay? Lubricate the the vocal cords a little bit. Here, I'll get my um, hand sanitizer. All right, warm it All up. Right. All right. All right, guys. It is time for, for Spencer Israel. He, he calls himself the ETF King. He, uh, he is going to to be critiquing my ETF portfolio. Spencer, I'm hearing an echo. I don't know if there's something that you can adjust on your end. Or change an audio. Yeah. It, okay, there it is. All right, he can just mute, and I'll mute when he talks. Um, but all right. So 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 guys. Uh, and just a, a little bit here, if you're just joining us, I'll give you a little preview as to what we have queued up for the day. So so, so we're, we're going to be doing two options trades. i got two options trades to check in on. What One is a covered call. Uh, the other one is, is we're doing an options trade in Fubo, a live trade here right on the show. Uh, 1230, Nick from Bull Trade Finders will be joining us to, to go over some, some swing trade ideas. Uh, uh, we are going to be doing our chat challenge. So that's where we're, we're going to be doing stock picking. We're running a nice little stock picking contest with the chat. Uh, and before we get to that, 
We're, we're going to do an, a, a, an ETF portfolio lesson here with Spencer Israel. And guys, go ahead, smash that like button, share the stream. Let's get this thing going. First air horns of the day. All right, there we go. Now we're warmed up. But yeah, hit hit the like. Um, and what, what brand of energy drinks does Luke drink? Mostly Bang. Today they were sold out at the gas station, so I got the Monster. Um, but all right, Spencer, t- time for the ETF portfolio update. I've got a nice little Excel sheet here. Of, of course I do. I'm going to zoom in. Um, all right. Let's zoom her in. There we go. All right, guys. So, so, so on, we're, it's time for some what I like to call mature market thoughts. We need to have like a nice little video intro for this, but but we call it mature market thoughts. And 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 basically, what I mean by that is is on this show we like to talk about a lot of high flyer tickers. We like to talk about swing trades that we're making, uh, new investments that we're taking, a lot of individual stock picking, etc. Right. That 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 that's sort of what excites me. That's what excites the chat. Right. We we just went through three tickers that you guys threw out. They were Palantir, Sundial, and Genius Brands. Of course. Course, that means you like going through all these these rippy stocks as well but as, as i've mentioned many times in the past 70 percent of my holdings are in a nice balanced etf basket right we, we spend 90 percent of the time talking about the stocks because they're fun and they, they move more quickly and we're rotating in them in and out of the account more quickly but but 70 percent of the portfolio is, is an etf basket and basically the, the way that i approach it is hey the market returns on average, right? The, the total return, including dividends, is 12% a year. If I can get that with 70% of my portfolio and then use that last 30% to, to, to get to get some outperformance and add several percent a year onto that, if I can replicate that year in, year out, then great. They, like That's awesome. And I'll give you guys an example, right? Again, 70%. We see the, the most recent percent here, 68.5. We can add a decimal too. Uh, oops, there we go. Uh, there we go. 68.45% of the portfolio are ETFs, really big and boring. Um, but we still are, are up about 18% for the year. Okay, so 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 it, it it's a strategy that can work. And and so basically what, what I wanted to talk through is what I hold in my current basket of, of ETFs, and then I want to get Spencer's hot hot feedback on it. Whether or not it's diversified enough, if he thinks there's too much over-concentration, uh, et cetera. Somebody's asking, is there an ETF that consists of other ETFs? Not that I know of. Wait, Spencer, you're still muted. I asked that question last week on the ETF show. Okay. Yeah, there, there used to be. Um, I said I was looking up over the weekend, and I, and I kind of forgot. But, um, yeah, there, there definitely was here. You know what? Um, what Check out, like uh, – uh what about like is fv still around i think uh, it is v, i've never v. heard of that tra- ticker foxtrot victor or like yeah um here q a i uh no don't do that i take that back I take that okay. back okay okay um let's go with the first one fv which is let me go back to my yeah the all right i'm that? pulling it up on the screen Focus five ETF here. Let's just. Oh, we don't have a description. Yeah, I, I, it might be. All right, what what is it? It's a here. It's the. I'm, I'm going to go straight to the Dorsey Wright website, and uh, if it's even still around, it is an it's index. Trading. Um. Oh, you know what? It's an, it, it's uh, provides exposure to sector and industry based ETFs that 
Dorsey Wright believes offer the greatest potential for our performance. So it is an ETF that does hold other ETFs, but it's gonna, it's not going to get you like exposure to the whole, to the whole market. It just it literally holds um, one, two, three. It holds five ETFs. It, it holds the um, a Nasdaq 100 ETF. It holds the Nasdaq Transports ETF. It holds uh, a discretionary sector ETF, and then it holds a uh, industrials. Uh, ETF and a tech, and a uh, another technology one. So there. So uh, th- there's your answer. FV is an ETF that consists of five ETFs. Boom. Question answered. All right, Spencer. I- I'm going to dig into mine. Can can you see it up on my screen here? I I I took the time to to lay lay this all out. Right. I'll I'll sort of walk through the sheet real quick. But but we have the symbol. We have the geography it covers. What what type of asset is right? Is it stocks, bonds, commodities, etc.? Any other relevant details like like uh you know is it hold small cap stocks, large cap stocks, etc.? How much of my portfolio I I have the the ETF weighted? Of just the ETF section, how 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 much of a weighting is that, and then, and then what's what's the one year total return? And by by total return, we mean the the price appreciation plus any dividends. So Spencer, for, first things first that I'll point out is is we're we're pretty heavily weighted in in U.S. stocks, right? So we 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 have one two three. Let's go down. Let's add this one. So, so we have four ETFs that hold U.S. stocks. So it's SPY, IWM, Triple Q, and OUSA. Um, SPY, S and P 500 ETFs. That that gives me access to 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 the big large cap stocks. IWM that that gives me access to to the small caps. Triple Q. Um, there, there's a lot of overlap with SPY, but but a little bit more weighted on the tech side of things. Um, and then OUSA. Uh, you know, smaller position, but but still part part of the the U.S. large cap holding. So so, for first question, first thing I want your opinion on Spencer: forty eight percent U.S. stocks that are held here, thirty five percent, thirty six percent are large caps, twelve percent, twelve and a half percent small caps. Opinions on that? So you you said you're pretty overweight U.S. at forty eight percent. I would argue that. That in a way that's actually underweight. Um, uh, you know, U.S. has outperformed for the last what uh, 10, 12, 15 years. Um, so you're saying you have forty percent of your of your uh, portfolio outside the U.S. Is that what you're saying? So 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 let's see. Of my ETF holdings, which, which make, make up, up about seventy percent of the total portfolio, yeah, 40%. half of them are in the U.S., half aren't. Uh, uh, that's pretty. Diversified, or, I, I, or, or or I'm sorry, uh, of just the et the 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 ETF holdings is about seventy percent U.S., thirty percent outside okay. of of all holdings. Yeah. Okay, about fifty. I, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's fair. You know what I mean? I mean, U.S. has been the, the best the best market for uh, really since the financial crisis. I think that's fair. That's that that doesn't set off any alarm bells. Uh, I mean, you're not like going out on a limb. Right. Okay. All right. Then here's the next question. What about the allocation between large and and small caps? Right. So, so you can see here my weightings. Um, You know, IWM. That that's an ETF which tracks the Russell 2000 index. That that's the most widely followed small cap stock index. Um, What 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 do you think about that allocation? Keeping in mind that I have a long time horizon. uh, For for investing, I think that that could be larger. If I were to make an adjustment, that would be the one to make. This portfolio is very clearly reflected of the last the trends of the last decade, right? Your A's, you got a lot of US, B, you got a lot of large cap. So you got a lot, you got a lot of large cap US, right? And yep. that's worked, that's worked 
fantastically for you, right? And I'm sure as long as you've had had this portfolio, yep. um, if F- you go five years basically okay. that I, that I've had this allocation more okay. or less. So if you go back like over the last. 90 years, 80 years, really since the Great Depression, which is kind of when it, when all modern market history kind of starts, um, small caps outperform, right? This is this is not news, right? Small caps outperform large caps over the long, long term. Uh, obviously, that's not been the case in the last decade. Uh, it's been it's been a story of the large cap. It's been a story of tech. If you haven't owned large cap tech, you've had a bad time, right? Unless in, in yep. you've had a bad time. Yep. Um, so. You've got one small cap fund. You've got the Russell, which is 12% um, uh, of your overall portfolio. Yep. Which 12% of a, of a whole portfolio not, is a decent allocation. It's not nothing. It's, not nothing. it's 18% of your, of your ETF holdings. It's not nothing. Yep. Um, I would point your attention to – so I guess how do you feel now Then over the last six months, the IWM is like crushing SPY? It's, like, yep. it's crushing Right. I mean, and so is Triple Q. Uh, up until let's say a month ago, it was. Let me um. I would have been thinking prone to get some numbers. And and and, and pretty pretty decent. Good to, to tell you the truth. Um, so here, I I just went back to August okay. arbitrarily. I just scrolled back August. Ru- the Russell, the IWM is up fifty six percent. Spy and Qs are basically even, right? So, so I'm wondering if you are considering maybe reallocating some of that large caps into again six months is is not is not you know not a lot, but it's not nothing either, right? Yep. So, I'm wondering if you maybe consider taking some of this large cap. You've got you've got the Qs, you've got the Spy, um, and you got I mean OUSA is there for there for a different reason, but um. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if if you maybe would consider ha- having a little bit more small cap exposure. Not the All right. So 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 your first feedback is is to to increase the the, the small cap uh, exposure in the ETF portfolio. It, it'd be something to think about for sure. Something to think All about right. for sure. Knowing right. that over the long term, not the last decade, the last seven decades, small caps outperform. All right. So 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 there's the US piece. Let, yeah. let let's stay with stocks and let's move out of the US. Yeah, please. So 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 we have let's see. We 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 have four places where we're doing that here. And and, and they're pretty underweighted. So as a whole, they represent 13% of the total portfolio. Uh and and so so that that's not just of the ETF portfolio, that's of everything that I own. 13% are in ETFs that track stocks outside of the US. Uh, uh, biggest holding that we have, ticker EEM, Echo Echo Mike. Uh, that, that's an ETF that tracks emerging markets. Number two, FXI, that's Foxtrot X-Ray India. That's an ETF that tracks Chinese large cap stocks. Uh, number three, AAXJ. That, that's an ETF that tracks Asian stocks, excluding China. So that's why we also have FXI in there to, to make sure that we have China exposure and we're, we're overweight China versus the other regions. Uh, and then the last one in there, ticker VGK, uh, is the one that, that tracks Europe. So, so a couple thoughts from me on this one really quick. Emerging markets are at like a 10-year high. So, so that's why I'm, I'm more heavily weighted in emerging markets. Let's see that momentum continue to run. 
Number two, a, a decent sized China position. I sort of view almost as a U.S. hedge, right? As, as we hear more and more about you, China becoming a global superpower, or, or I mean, it already is a global superpower, potentially taking over, overtaking the U.S. Uh, uh, economically and, and in terms of trade. That, that's a little bit of a hedge on on my U.S. portfolio. Um, and, and then I'll, I'll make a note too about the ticker VGK. That that's the ETF that that tracks European stocks. That one I'm underweight because the that the European market is been a dog for for quite a while we have brexit we you've, you've got infighting between the member states etc so so spencer thoughts on again 13 yeah. percent of total holdings outside of the u.s and then about that allocation uh within that uh i'll be honest i didn't even notice vgk was on there until you just mentioned it it's, it's a, a small chunk okay? just skip, right, skip right over it um you know I, yeah nothing you said there was wrong um so you're making a call here right or two calls First call you're making is is your is your bullish China. Yep. Second call that, you're that making is absolutely true. Second call you're making is your bearish Japan. And the way that I'm that I'm getting bullish China is ticker FXI. And you said right. second call is bullish Europe. No, bearish Japan is for bearish saying. Japan. Yeah, yeah. underweighting the rest of the, the rest of the Asian countries. Yes, I, I hadn't heard of the AXJ before you just brought it up. I, I'm 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 just curious why why what do you have against Japan? <laughs> Uh, uh their, their economy has has been when did the, the japanese stock market reach all-time highs in, in the 1980s it's never gotten back it, up to it was in the actually no it did got it did get back to it reached it in the 80s and it took 30 years but i think they just got back there so so that's why yeah, yep. <laughs> you you have that. Plus, they tried the negative interest rates, which yep. which didn't really work for them. Plus, you you you've got China dominating more trade in the region. Uh, so 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 that's for my commentary on. I'd rather be underweight Japan, uh, o- o- overweight China if I had to pick between the two. I'm not saying politically that's how I'd want it done, but but for the sake of my portfolio, and that's why we're spending this time together. That's why I choose to overweight China in the portfolio. So to me. See the thing is though, like AXJ and the EEM are are a little redundant in that way. I I mean the difference there is is Japan or lack thereof. Yep. Um, maybe I I just I don't know if AXJ would be like the best way to to get to like undo that Japan exposure that EEM provides you. I don't know. Um, if if you really have a thing against against Japan, then um. I, I I don't know. I I hadn't heard of the AXJ before before just now. Um, it looks interesting, but if you really wanted to undo that, expo- maybe the solution is. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you're going long. You're basically doubly long the 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 rest of Asia, the rest of Asia. So you're basically magnifying your exposure to every other Asian economy that's not Japan. Uh, yep, or- ex- exactly. Hey, again, like and if- and, and again, the reason why. Let, let's pull it up. Is because they're they're ripping here. Let's go way out. So here's five years. Here's ten years. Right, you you can you can see the candle. They're breaking out. And and, and what I'll say too, right, is that these weights change as we go through periods of of over and, and under performance. Um. So 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 check this out, Spencer. You'll you'll notice too. Let's talk about the other the other stuff in the portfolio. So, well, that, so we just went through U.S. equities. It was go yeah. ahead. No, I was about to go on this. I wanted to go. I wanted to stay on AXJ for a second. Because I just go into that one, it's forty percent China, okay. So it's forty percent China. Um, so you you got a lot of China, man, a lot of China. I I'm wondering if there's like a more equal weighted um, basket out there 
that, that that's more equal for, weighted. for the for for basically non-china u.s exposure yeah i'm sure you could find one that is equal weighted and the thing about equal weighting what, what it does is 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 it, it, it doesn't let any one uh allocation whether it's uh market whatever whatever factor you're equal weighting for mm-hmm. doesn't let that dominate right so that that could be also one way to play your your bearishness over japan right it you, you, it would give you exposure but it, it would mean that you're not gonna live or die by japan more than you would any other economy in the region um You've got a, so you've got you know forty percent of a, AXJs in China plus the FXI plus what's e, what's EEM how much of China is EEM let's find out let's find that out right now. All right, and, and while you're pulling that up, I'm, I'm going to move us on to the other stuff, right? Because we've got a good collection of other stuff in here. We've got let's see, one, two, three, four, five ETFs that hold things that are not U.S. stocks, not. So international stocks, e- e- non-US EM stocks. is, is one third China, right? It's pretty diversified, right? But still, China is the largest uh, economy in there by a lot, by a mile. So you, so you got a lot of China. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But because my more... China is sort of, it's a little bit my hedge on the rest of the portfolio. For sure. Which is sure. a lot of US stocks, both sure. the individual stock picking and the ETFs. Sure. But all right, we, we, we got to keep clipping, Spencer, okay, fine, before we, we, we bring our, our right, go. next guest on in a minute here. Um, but but all right, the, the other stuff in the portfolio, we, we've, we've got five ETFs that, that represent, or sorry, we've got four ETFs. I, I misclicked one. There it is. Uh, there we go. Sorry. Right, so we, we've, we've got four ETFs that represent the other stuff. Uh, so, so, so we've got two bond ETFs, VCLT and tickers LQD. Uh, the, these are both corporate bonds. We've got one investment grade. We've got one non-investment grade bonds in the U.S. Uh, they're, they're both pretty small weights. Um, and then we have two uh, uh, commodity ETFs in here. We have ticker USO and ticker DBC. So, so I'll walk through some of the thinking there. So, so, so the reason to have some sort of bond allocation, but not much, um, is, is that we do get a, a decent bit of, of a of a dividend out of it. I don't know. It's a little bit more conservative. Gives us some other exposures. But again, I'm investing for a long time horizon. That's why I don't throw m- many bonds in there, um, and, and I keep the allocation lower. Uh, and then commodities. Uh, we, we do have commodity prices reflected through a lot of the stocks that we own. So that's why we don't have a whole ton of commodity exposure. The ones that we do have, we're pretty heavy on energy with, with USO. Plus, oil is also represented in ticker DBC, which holds a general commodity basket. So, so um, again, high-level takeaways, guys. 50% of this portfolio is in U.S. stocks with, with a good chunk of that in large caps, but also a, a, a pretty pretty decent chunk in U.S. small caps, and then 15% non-U.S. stocks, and then we've got a last little about 7% allocation that, that's in everything else. Um, Look, I, so also, I, also own, I also own some bonds, and I'm not really sure why, to be frank. It's, it's a small weight, and part of the reason why the weight is so small is because we've seen such an appreciation in stock prices over time, and, and we haven't seen seen. I mean, I mean, if we look over the past year, right, stocks have exploded. The S and P five hundred is up like seventy three percent over twelve months. I know it's coming off of some sort of a COVID low, um, but 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 regardless, we, we we've seen that happen with stocks. We have not seen that happen with the bond funds, and and so of course the the weightings and all the stock stock ETFs go up higher. Um, but 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 again, that that that's the ETF portfolio. And and I want to throw the, the, this one out to the group as well. Uh, uh, if this was helpful to to go through, like, hey, 
here's how we, we set up our ETF portfolio to get exposure more or less to, to the rest of the world and why. Drop the one in the chat. If this wasn't helpful, we want to go back to the YOLO rippy stocks. Drop the two in the chat. And Spencer, just... While they're doing that, uh, yeah, give 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 us your your little overview, your insight, well, how you manage your ETF portfolio, et cetera. Well, can I just one question for you? So yes. you, own, you own a little bit of OUSA. Why do you own that? Is it for the dividend or is it for the large cap? Or is it, I guess, a little bit of both? Uh, a, a little bit of both, to tell you the truth. Okay. Okay. Because, like, we already said you, you you have a lot of large cap already, right? You have a lot of large cap. If you're going for the dividend, um, like, OUSA is specifically if you want large caps with dividends, right? Large cap yep. growth with dividends. If, you, if you're trying to get some income, uh, there are other ETFs that have a higher yield than that. Something yeah. to consider if you want to maybe tone down your your uh, your large cap exposure because you've already got a lot got a lot of that. But this is look, you, you've got U.S., you got global, you got stocks, you got bonds, commodities. I mean, you're pretty damn diversified. It's not it's not really about that. It's it's really just about managing that. But this is this is more diversified than most. There we so. go. All right, and Spencer, quick take from the chat. It seems like it's about fifty fifty. Okay. It seems like about half the group thought that it was helpful to do the ETFs, and about half didn't. If you guys want that spreadsheet, we can email it out tonight. The email address is powerhour@benzinga.com. I'll go ahead. I will drop that in the chat for you. And in, in ugh, if I'm right tab, there we go. I'll drop that in the chat for you. Powerhour@benzinga.com. If you want that spreadsheet. Um, but again, we promised we'd do an ETF lesson last week. We we didn't, and and now we did. I just want to say I've in my ETF show for an hour today, two to three o'clock. If you want more ETFs, all right. So if you want more ETFs, so 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 this segment that that we just did, it was much more about uh, you know, he, here's how I set up an ETF portfolio. If you want a deeper dive into specific funds, two p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned. Spencer's gonna be bringing his his ETF uh, his ETF program to us. All right. All right. Thanks for joining, Spencer. All right, guys. So, so, so next up on the docket, we 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 have a couple things to do here, guys. Again, power hour at benzinga.com. Uh, power hour at benzinga.com. If you want that spreadsheet, send it over. Um, but it is time. I'll I'll cue everybody up again on the big agenda for the day. So, all right, we are going to do our chat challenge chat challenge we're gonna have a video for that in just a second uh but we're actually gonna gonna give the winner of last week's chat challenge we ran out of time friday so we're gonna give the winner of last week's chat challenge then we're gonna have a new chat challenge for for all you out there it's where zinger nation is going ahead we're competing we're trying to pick the best performing stocks out there so 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 that's what we're gonna do i, I then have we've, we've got two live options trades to check in on so again in the, in the live interactive brokers account we're going to look at the covered call trade that we did on Visa last week, ticker V, why we did that, how it's faring for us thus far. Uh, and then we're going to make a trade on Fubo, ticker F-U-B-O. Um, uh, so so we, we've got that ahead of us. Uh, then we're going to be, be having some very special guests joining at 1 o'clock Eastern. And, and Mr. Raznick's going to be hopping onto the show as well. So, all right, guys, without further ado, let, let's roll it. I've got a nice little video here to play. Hold on. There it is. Zinger Nation is going head to head to head to head to head every single week. What is the best performing stock of the week? All right, guys, it's time to wrap up last week's chat challenge. We asked all of you out there in Zinger Nation, that's all of you in the chat. We said, what is the best performing stock of the week going to be? 
throw out the ticker, put it in here. Let's figure out who we can listen to, who can call out these these, these top tickers, etc. Um, and we, we, we let, let's do a scroll down. Let's award the winner. And then we're going to open up a new spreadsheet. Everybody's going to hop in there. We're all going to put in our guesses, uh, and, and figure out who can pick the best stock this week, or maybe we'll do worse stock, but all right. I, I, I think we have our winner back there. Yep, we do. Winner of the week, Andre in the chat. He guessed AMC would be the best performing of the week. It was. He's up 51% on the pick. So everybody, round of applause for Andre out there. There we go. Round of applause. All right, we're all by ourselves. You know, we need to warm up the fingers, get the trading fingers going, get a little bit of energy going into the day. So so, so Andre with the pick AMC Alpha Mike Charlie, he is the winner of last week's chat challenge. Andre, email that same email address, powerhour at benzinga.com. There it is. Uh, uh, tell us you won. We will hook you up with the prize, whatever you want. Swag.benzinger.com. Caesar is populating that store for us. Swag.benzinger.com. Uh, that is the place to, to email in to claim your prize. And, and guys, if, if, if you aren't Andre, don't worry. You, you have your, your opportunity now uh, because it's time to do another chat challenge. Um, all right, let, let, let's pull it up here on the screen. And again, I'm going to go through the rules. It's really simple. All you have to do is you have to open up this spreadsheet. I'm going to spam the link in the chat a couple times right now. I see we got a, a couple people on it so far. But all right, I'm going to spam it into the chat right now here. There you go. I just put in the link five different times. Click any of the links. Uh, and then go ahead and, and so write your name in column A here. You just got to put your name right. Like I would put Luke. That's me. And, and then put in your stock. And this week, we are specifically asking what is the worst performing stock of the week going to be? Last week, we, we, we asked for the best performing. Uh, Andre, he picked AMC. That was the best performing stock of the week out of our group, out of Zinger Nation there. Now we're asking what is the worst performing stock going to be? And, and guys, if don't, don't write over each other. Don't delete each other's guesses. It's a big trust system here. Just scroll down. Right, we'll find you if you even if you drop your answer. Like, look at this. We, we've got Super Spack Man. He, he's typing his answer all the way down here at row seventy-seven. So even if you're that far down, don't worry, we'll find you. Just just be courteous. Don't write over other people's guesses. All right. And again, we're we're asking what is the worst performing stock of the week going to be? See see, see James here. Um, he put the dollar sign. You don't need the dollar sign. You just type the ticker. So I'm going to, you know, do this ITP for him here. Again, guys, I'm going to put this link in the chat one more time. I'm going to ask everybody to like the stream. The the winner is, is getting a Benzinga track jacket. So, so, so if you're a track runner or even if you're not a track runner, but you want the jacket, you want to show off to Zinger Nation that, that you can pick these, these crappy stocks, you can pick the biggest loser of the week, then, then, then go ahead Throw your name in here. We got 43 people on the spreadsheet right now. Fill it up. You know, we want to get this all the way filled up. Keep dropping in the guesses. Uh, we're we're going to leave this open for, for another minute or two. And, and, and I'll say as we're watching this get populated, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of GME in here. A lot of GME haters. Oh, shit. We even have a Ford. Dave put in Ford. What? What an asshole. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious how many people put in GME. So count if the range that we're counting is here, if it has GME. 
All right. So so far, eleven of you picked picked GME as the biggest loser. I I, I see some AMCs in here as well. Now 12, 12 GMEs. Let's see where the AMCs are at. Four AMC people. All right. We'll see. We we we, we had a, a big group of people pick GME last week. I hope you were in the stock because because it, it definitely did well. Let's look at that chart. GME. Golf Mike Echo. Here's the five day. All right, so so we got some here. We can even go in further, right? We get we got some rip roaring in GME, sort of hanging out today, down eight percent. That, that's not a hor- horrible week with, with GME. Um, but all right, guys, we, we do one more minute on it. One more minute. I'm gonna play the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire theme. I'm gonna get a sip of water, uh, and and then we're gonna close the spreadsheet out. What's up, Jason? Nothing. Did you add him on? I did it. Luke, Luke, it's okay, Luke. I confused Luke, guys. Luke on mute. You, you guys, Luke, are you on oh, mute? I was muted. Okay, producer Rohan said, said he you just muted me. You don't know what the microphone mute button is. You just I, talked I, for like I four don't. minutes and it was mute. Okay, well. <laughs> oh, but I just came on because, guys, what I say, I bought what two hundred fifty thousand dollars live on the show of stocks on Friday. Yep. And are we up a lot today? Yes, we are. There we go, baby. Remember, I was live buying stocks. Yes. So, so on um, Friday, guys, if if you missed it, uh, uh, Jason was just taking tickers out of the chat, regardless of what ticker. A lot of reopening plays in there. Bought them all. Dropped a quarter million on the show, and you're making some money today. Here, I'll show it. All right, let's see it. Let's see it. This is the way we can show it. Here we go. Um. Whatever the people in the chat said, except one person was messing around. I didn't do that one, but I did everything you guys told me to do. And why am I not sharing? There it is. Okay. So let's make it bigger. Hold on. Make it bigger. All right. 75 guesses in for the chat challenge this week. All right, so they told me to buy, someone said buy ALK, Alaska Airlines. Any airlines they told me to buy, I bought. And so yep. for Alaska, I did the call option instead of the common stock. And so- We've got uh, news out of airlines today too, which is good. Giving us a nice lift. What was the news? 
Uh, we, we had Southwest came out yeah. and they said March and April uh, passengers are going to be better than expected. Um, so, so, so about, about, they said about 80% of seats will be filled in April, which is a big uptick from where they had been. Uh, April of last year, 6% of seats were filled. Got it. Okay. Got it. So ALK up 1500 on the call options today. Uh, Hall of Fame uh, resorts. We had the CON up 1250. TripAdvisor, which I never would have bought, up 1100 already. Um, Trivago, I would never would have bought that if it wasn't for the chat, up 900 bucks. Um, and then look, uh, AONE or uh, Jets, never would have bought that one if it wasn't for the chat. I bought Mara, which wasn't a travel one. Which then one? You guys, Mara, that was Mara. We, we we did crypto stocks earlier. So 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 I'll recap it really quick if you guys weren't around earlier. But but basically you you have a day where Bitcoin is selling off. Crypto stocks are, are not only holding up, but actually going up in price. And, and I think that's a really positive sign. If they can hold up when, when crypto sells off, the next time that we get an, an update, they, they should be poised for, for more move higher. So, um, and then like someone just said that one of them was theirs, but they didn't buy it. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, whatever you guys said, I say recharge headset. I'm going to charge. <laughs> that, that, that's like Andre who, who, who won our, our chat challenge. He picked the best stock, but also did not get in it <laughs> up 51%. Um, so then I bought Mesa airlines. I bought Delta airlines, GOL. I don't even know what GOL is, but, um, it's uh, another airline, airline non us airline, I believe Brazilian. Gan coming back. Um, Voyager, nice. AZUL, another Brazilian airline. Um, save, I already owned, but I bought more, I think. I think I did. Um, MOGO, no idea what that is. I bought six, remember, six uh, flags. I meant to buy fun, FUN, I missed that one. I do have BCRX calls. Cure Relief, I already had. AQMS, I may have bought more of that. But that was what I did on a, a win. Win, win is still doing well. But you guys, I bought any stock you said. I spent $250,000 in a, a good 15 minutes. There's supposed to be a clip on YouTube of it, but they don't have that up. So and I bought it in this account. This is one of the, one of the accounts. So that's what I did. It was all you guys uh, telling me what to buy. And there you go. So now the question is, when do I sell some? I'm not ready to sell. XL. I, I, if I didn't buy XL, I don't know why. U.S. Steel I bought too. Why, why isn't U.S. Steel showing up here? Hold on. Let me see. And and we did clarify that when you bought it, you did put up the X, right? Yeah, you asked me that. Okay. I held an X in my Just wanted to make sure. IHG's that wait, maybe X is down. Maybe X is down today. I thought I bought it. I bought more Leslie pool supplies today. Yeah, see I got X. Leslie's off. still a favorite of mine. Ticker yeah, L E S L. I just bought two hundred more shares of Leslie's. There we go. Now I need to know, did you is Hugh, is Hugh coming on the show? Uh, I I don't think so. Then why did I feel like I heard you say Hugh when I was the on? Uh, because I because you were gonna tell me if I could should get out of um Torchlight and Vissel. Vissel, yeah, Vissel. Torchlight, I'm not really in. Vissel is what I'm in. Yep. My BTN, um, yeah. So, all right, all right. So that's what I got. X, yeah. Why is X way down? What is XL, Luke? What is XL? I think L. I think Leslie. I think Leslie is a good buy now. To be honest, I think people are going to be spending money in their pool. 
I think, and there's new pools. I like um, Jimmy checks too. Come on now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious if you guys have gotten your stimulus checks already. Put the one in the chat. If you're not, if you have it and you're expecting it, put a two. I, I, I want to get a gauge as, as to how quickly well, they've gotten rolled well, look, out and, and how much more look, to expect. Do you know how crazy this bailout is? Yes. Do you know the governments like Oakland County and Michigan? They don't have a budget shortfall. They're getting 279 million, and they don't know what to do with it. And so a government in Port Huron, because a city can choose, a state can't, the government in Port Huron is getting $24 million and they don't know what to do with it because they don't need it. And so yeah. they might just refunds everyone everyone's property taxes for the year. Um, and like Oakland County, $279 million, don't know what to do with it. Uh, Detroit, $879 million. Yeah, but Detroit, Detroit will figure out what to do with it. Yeah. It, it, Oakland like, County should give their payment to Detroit. <laughs> Watch the raises that you see internally. I mean, this this thing. And then how about this? Lansing, Michigan, Luke. Lansing, yep. Michigan got $50 million. Ann Arbor, Michigan got $11 million. I think that's okay. It doesn't make sense, but okay. Sure, but Ann Arbor, Michigan is doing just fine. So is Lansing. So is Lansing. But, but yeah, I hear you. So, I mean, th this bailout thing is so messed up. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? look at look at this chat message I just pulled up. Oakland County will somehow find a way to raise taxes, and if you guys are not Michiganders like us, Oakland County it's it's a northern suburb of Detroit. By the way, this is probably in every state. So you know, one thing you guys could think about for a stock plays on this, governments are going to find ways to spend money. So I did some work this week. I'm like, okay, could Benzinga provide governments money? I mean, not money, tools, because they have all the money in the world to spend right now. It's like. It's like if one of our clients, let's say one of our clients, um, I don't know, Robin Hood just got, well, I guess they did, but this one of our clients got $250 million and they need to figure out how to spend it. So how can Benzinga serve Oakland County government? I don't know. But think about the vendors. Roads. Yes, the roads is well, one. We'll get into road building. Yes. If we win the contract, we'll figure it out. Oh, we're going to get into road building. Yes, 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 yes. exactly. Well, well, we might well, need help from Zinger Nation, but if we get the contract, we will, we'll team up, guys. We'll split the money, and we'll figure out how to build roads. Yeah, I mean, we or we need to, like, start our, our get our fund going, that guy we're talking to today, because they have money to spend. The other thing is cutting down trees. They need tree trimming for wires. They need uh, roads, but that's where you can buy Caterpillar. So Caterpillar stock will eventually go up because more road building will happen. I mean, the, the the amount of money going to these city like Oakland County, they don't know what to do with the money. Do you know how much of an uproar there would have been if this was in the last administration? It's it's actually kind of funny. Um, I have to be honest. Yep. You know, Steel's probably goodbye. X. Ticker X. There you yeah. go. Yeah, Ticker X. US Steel. Okay, so so your US Steel here. I'm gonna pull this up on my Benzinga Pro here. Again, pro.benzinga.com. Two weeks free. No reason not to try it. Uh, but 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 Benzinga Pro here. Uh, the stock is down after Argus Research downgraded it. That's what happened. It went from a buy to a hold. It's not horrible. Um, well, not my fault. Argus got it wrong. Yep. And and it looks like they they actually put out some guidance too. So uh, well, let, let's look at this. Okay, but you but we can talk about right. other things. We, Luke, we can talk about other things. So there's this printing money, five trillion dollars so that devalues the dollar. Maybe that makes Bitcoin of higher value. I'm keeping my travel stocks, Luke, because I think people will start booking a lot more once they see the money in their account. 
that's why I'm keeping it, you know? Yep. Do you, and, and let me ask you this. Do you have an opinion on any particular airline or, or do you just like the group as a whole? I like Save. I like Delta. I like uh, Southwest. I don't know the rest, but I bought whatever the, the group told me. So, yeah. So you see Save again, that, that Spirit Airlines, the digger is S-A-V-E, Save. Yep. See, that one I think is especially compelling because a, a re- recreational travel, I would expect to come back a lot more quickly than business travel. And if we take like the example of Jason and I, right, traveling for Benzinga, we used to travel once, twice a month. Uh, if we're looking to 2019 and before. It only makes sense for us to travel again if office buildings in Manhattan are full, right? And we can go and meet with five or six different partners in in the course of a day. And I imagine that's going to be a long time before those buildings fill back up, if they ever do. You know, we we hear so many people telling us, hey, it's permanently work from home, et cetera. So so I think Save is is most interesting of that group. Exactly. It's your... It's your fun travel airline. I agree with you. But Luke, we have a special guest here. Let me get my thing. All right, Aaron Bree. How are you, Aaron? All right, Aaron, Aaron Bree has been excited to come on all weekend. He has a stock that he's been researching. Um, and take your time, Aaron, but. I wouldn't just lay out this, the symbol first. I would uh, go with more of the structural why you came to the stock idea. So um, go ahead and take your time. We'll let you. We'll let you. You want me to give away. you? You want me to give you the stock that I've been pitching that you know? All right, I'll, I'll go Dude, ahead. And do I, that. I'm just telling about the, this. What, what do you mean? You said this weekend you've been researching hardcore on a stock. Me and Luke will step off. Go ahead, take <laughs> it away. Okay, go ahead. All right, I might need Luke to pull it up for me on Benzinga Pro. This is actually a, a one for my buddy. So. This stock, you know, I like it both as a uh, we've seen this recent outflow of, of of money from growth stocks into value stocks. I like this as a value play. So the ticker is CXW. Company is called Core Civic. I don't love their, you know, their business model. They're, they're on private prisons. Don't love it um, as far as what they actually do. However, if you look at the financials and the balance sheet, um, this this stock should be. Probably, you know, I'd say around the $15 mark as opposed to the $9 mark. I'm in this, full disclosure, I'm in this. I have open calls, and this stock's been ripping today. I think it's up 7% today. So, um, yeah, I like it. What do you think, Luke? Wait, is it, this is, is this a prison stock or no? Yeah, it's a private prison company. So, I, like I said, I don't love what they do, but basically the thesis behind it is the stock has been getting killed the past like year, year and a half because people have speculated that if Biden gets elected or we see Democrats come in that private prisons won't be making money. However, Biden's administration has basically already said they don't really plan on doing anything in this uh, sector. And Core Civic, the company actually in recent earnings said the same thing that with the new administration, they don't see expect anything to really change. So, all right. So two thoughts here. First one, Aaron, is that, is that the stream is saying that we don't have enough likes for you to eat lunch. Let, let's see. I know. I'm kind of upset in. about that. I'm a little 108. Hungry. Yep. That's not enough likes for you to go to lunch. We, we need to be at least 150. Uh, and, and then you can have a lunch break. Um, uh, two, before you pitch the stock, did you see the news on Geo? They're, they're publicly traded peer this morning. Really? No, I did not see news. So I'm going to be curious about that. Oh, that doesn't. That didn't look like they don't have the same bump that. CXW well, well here, here, here's the one-year chart. 
Stocks holding up okay today. Uh, we have a problem, though, which is that Geo lost a contract. So, so Geo, it's another one of these publicly traded prison stocks. Uh, that They were running a prison for the U.S. Marshal Service. The U.S. Marshal Service came out and said, we are not going to be renewing this contract with you. Um, there, we, we don't have insight as to why, because we've only heard the Geo side of the story thus far. Um but but the concern that comes up is that are they speculating or or does this lead to speculation that hey government agencies have gotten a nod from from you know the the Biden administration that hey we we want to cut down on use of of these private prisons and and this is the first one to go again stock is holding up okay this morning it it it, it sold off pr- pretty nicely in in the early hours of the day right look at when the news dropped we had this big red bar down here uh, it's now come back and is green on the day. Um, but I don't know. D- does that news concern you at all? Um, well, for me, you know, I'm always I'm kind of a, a serial optimist. And, you know, like I said, I have open positions on CXW. So my my thought is maybe the reason Geo didn't get that contract is because they're awarding it to CXW. All right, that 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 is a possibility, and I'm not I, if, saying it's if, probable. If, but if, if the stock pick doesn't get you likes, the the serial optimist term at least should. To, you're moving closer to that 150 number that you're looking for. All right, that's beautiful. Um, maybe we also do have a real our our, our actual special guest coming up. Let me play our, play our graphic and let's bring them on. All right. Hey, Adi, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Power Hour. Uh-oh, Adi, we, we got you on mute. Hey, guys, how's it going? Can you hear me all right? Yep. Yes, sir. Yep, How are we doing? You. Yeah, we're doing great. How about you guys? Doing well, doing well. You know, it's Monday. Nice high-energy day. We're, we're Market's holding up okay. What's up with you? Yeah, nothing much. I'm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we just started getting some warm weather right outside of negative 30 temps about two weeks ago. So uh, enjoying the weather. Okay, there you go. See, see, we, we had some nice days in Michigan. It was 22 degrees when I drove in this morning. So it was cold here in, in Michigan, but you know, it, it's it's turning around. Yeah, that definitely. Like all the warm weather from California to, to New York, it's amazing. Yeah. So 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 you run a, a, a finance, you run an investing TikTok, you you have a million followers on it. What what inspired you to get started? Like like how what motivated you to say, hey, this is something that I want to go do? Yeah, honestly, when I was in high school in ninth grade, the grade got together and started a market watch competition where we all try to invest in stocks. And so yeah. I got utterly obsessed with it. It was all I was doing all day. Uh, didn't pay attention in school anymore. All I was doing was stocks. And so since then, I've gotten a little bit more understanding of where I stand in stocks and how I invest. But that's where I started. Okay. And and do, do you have a favorite ticker right now? This, right this now. is a stock idea show. So I always like to ask. You don't have to have one. We didn't prepare you. But, but if you do, we want to hear about it. Honestly, and and this is going to go all. I know it's going to sound boring, but you know my favorite is just going to be Arc. Uh, that's what I tell all of my all of my followers is to diversify, 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 and you know Arc SPY uh, get those ETFs going. Okay, there we go. We we did a nice little ETF segment earlier today, and, and you, you like Arc the 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 Kathy Fund. You know we actually interviewed her on this channel last week. I, I had no idea actually. Yep, it, it was pretty awesome. So we'll be checking that out. 
All right. So, 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 so you, you know, with, with the, the TikTok content that you post, I, I, I'm curious because I imagine that a lot of it is, is like seen by Gen Z or, or that's the typical consumer is, is there anything in particular, which they seem to latch onto, um, you know, like, like what, what does best, what's most interesting to them, et cetera. Yeah. I would say that the most interesting thing to them is the things that they don't know at all. Uh, and honestly, things like credit end up coming up being the, like the most popular topic, but certainly some of the more flashier things recently has been NFT and cryptocurrency. You know, Beeple's uh, every day is sold for 69 million. Uh, and, you know, that's digital art. And so that's that's been like a big one recently. Okay, so so you've got like the personal finance stuff, you have the NFT, the crypto stuff. What what about stock market? Is, yeah. is that appealing to that audience yet, or or is it you know again more of that personal finance or or, or the crypto markets? I, th I think that it's always been really popular among my audience. What I would say is that uh, my audience typically younger and then typically people who are in school and they might not be full-time into stocks or they might not have the confidence to get into stocks. And so we like to start them out easy by, you know, putting them into those ETF baskets and getting started with just being consistent and setting aside money to invest. So we, we focus on really getting people to change from choosing to spend their money to choosing to invest in it. And then from there, we don't want to complicate it too much as of now. Uh, and so we just send them into those ETFs and they're, they're pretty excited about that. You know, we, we constantly get comments about people who are super excited over the past year, especially with all the stimulus packages. So people are pretty excited. Okay. And then what about brokerages? Is it, is it still that Robinhood is the one that, that, that most folks seem to be choosing? Is, is there a shift in some of the other brokerages that, that they're choosing to get their, their investments started? in? Mean, I own a lot of those brokerage stocks. So for, for personal reasons, I want to know. Yeah. So I would say that the, the biggest one recently, of course, after the GME and AMC, that Robinhood has sort of fallen off the top list of brokerages that my followers have been signing up for. Uh, I would say that public has been up and coming. Uh, you know, it's sort of like the Twitter of investing that they that that brokerage has been actually uh, been really attracted to our followers. You know, they're on TikTok already. They're excited to see what other people think about stocks in a stock specific platform where they can you know listen and follow to uh, the experts. And so that's been the popular one. Okay. And then, and then I've got one more question I want, and then I, then I want to go back to this market watch competition is I think that, that everybody that that's, uh, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm 17. You're 17. Okay. So, so then I'm going to guess everybody that's my age and below got, got started with one of those market watch competitions. <laughs> At least I did when I was in high school. So, so we'll go back to that in a second here. Um, but 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 after people get started with ETFs, I imagine that they they get into individual stocks relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, it, is that something that's fair or, or, or true? Yeah, I, I would say I would say that there's like a split. There's either people who are satisfied with where they are and they continue just doing that consistent investing and then they uh, get those dividends and they just do that reinvestment plans. Uh, but yes, there's a lot of people who get so excited, you know, watching those ticker symbols every single day, just watching the stocks, the stock market and going up and down. It's addicting, you know, and so people really get hooked really fast and they go to individual stocks. All right. So 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 going back to this market watch competition, first things first, did you win? I did. 
Anyway. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Do you know which stock led to the most outperformance, or was there a couple of them that did it? So it was actually really weird. Tesla. This was Tesla. a couple of years ago. So it ended up being Costco that, okay. that took the lead. You know, I was down early in the game um, with 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 retail, but at the end it picked up, and yeah, that's what really took me to victory there. <laughs> All right, so 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 you're 17. You you got into the market early, right? Seems like first interest was was somewhere 12, 13 years old. Uh, what what got you into into the market in the first place? How do you figure out what what to buy? Like, what do you use for your research? And and then any companies that are especially exciting to you, like 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 especially something that that like people in the next generation may not be thinking about. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would say that to answer the first part of your question, that when I first look at a stock, um, you know, one one of the books that really inspired me was just Warren Buffett and the Interpretation of Financial Statements, uh, written by Warren Buffett's daughter-in-law, I believe. Uh, but uh, you know that that book talks about durable competitive advantage and how important it is to have that you know you're building the moat around yourself and then you're you're putting down the toll bridge and so as far as you can widen that moat as possible to create that competitive advantage that's long term that's that's the key thing that i'm looking for if a company can prove that and usually i look through their investor relations to determine if they're a good fit for me and a good fit for my risk tolerance which is super important in investing you know i don't personally like the super volatile stocks I, I, i'd rather just not check the market uh, every single day but you know stay consistent with my investing uh, all right so wait, wait we're gonna stop you guys Se- 17 years old already reading investing books round of applause there come on it's monday we need to warm up the fingers let's get the hands clap and get get the trading fingers warmed up all right so 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 keep going uh the the, the next questions were, were like where you go to, to look for stock ideas how you research them and then also anything you're especially excited about that the next generation is is probably not thinking about yeah so i would say that my biggest source for just coming like getting in like the first point of contact with stocks is literally everything i try to consume as much information as i can so even if it's through social media even if it's accounts that maybe i don't trust necessarily or aren't the most credible i'll still take in that information and then do my own due diligence from there so i'm really pulling from everywhere every industry every sector uh, and then doing my own analysis uh, once I get that. I, I, I try to, uh, you know, don't trust the the brick maker about jewels uh, and, you know, do my own research behind the scenes. And then the stock that I'm looking at right now um, is PNGY, which is progeny. Uh, and they do maternal maternity and paternity benefits. And they are one of the, like they control a large like share of the market in terms of these benefits, in terms of these healthcare benefits. And they have some of the biggest names as their clients and they really have that control over. And I don't think people are going to stop having babies anytime soon. Uh, so that's, right. that's my long-term pick. All right, there we go. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Not going to stop having babies. If they, if people do stop having babies, we're all screwed, uh, in in terms of our portfolios. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's the stock is is P uh, P R O G right? P G N Y. P G N Y. Okay, hold on. P G N Y. Oh, there we go. Okay, progeny. There it is. All right, dropping it in the chat. Does that look right? Yep, that's exactly it. All right. And like, how how do you research a stock like this? Like, like, are, like, are you looking at their filings? Are you looking at the conference call transcripts? What what exactly goes into it? What are you comparing it to, et cetera? Yeah. So when I when I was first looking at this stock, I was introduced to it by Austin Hankwitz, who's also on TikTok. Uh, he's a great content creator. But you know, I was talking with Austin about this stock, and 
<clears throat> like I said about that durable competitive advantage, I, I look at the charts, I look at I look at the filings, but I don't. Uh, and I'm not going to say I don't care, but I don't prioritize as much what that stock is going to be doing in the in the coming year. Uh, like I said, that durable competitive advantage. I think Progeny has uh, sort of established themselves you know, as the biggest player in the game. And they've offered a really effective solution for these companies. And it's, you know, no hassle. You know, sometimes when it, like insurance and healthcare gets really complicated, uh, especially as a content creator in the space, uh, you know, I try to, to teach these things as simple as possible, but sometimes these concepts can only be understood through experience. And so when Progeny comes in and establishes a very clear solution for maternity and paternity, uh, that's like, that. that's that sort of of that moat that's being built and that toll bridge being put across all right all right there it is guys pick we have it pg and y papa golf november yankee not a stock we've talked about on the show before so we're gonna do an air horn there it is um all right and, and like like a million followers on tiktok that that's significant like do they have a monetization mechanism built into that or or how does that work yeah, so TikTok has a couple of different things. They have the creator fund, which is for anyone. It's basically like their YouTube ad revenue. It's TikTok's ad revenue. TikTok has its own programs, like the learning program, which uh, if you create educational content that they will sponsor, like sort of sponsor your videos and pay you to create more. And then of course there's like sponsors and there's uh, our own assets that we try to sell. Okay. All right. Oh, definitely interesting. Definitely something we could do with Benzinga as, as, well, as well in there. So awesome, man. All right. Any final words of wisdom for us? Or, or where are you going to college next year? No, I'm not. All right. You're just, you're just you're doing the entrepreneurial investing route? Entrepreneurial investing route and the education is just from talking with people like you, Luke. There we go. Second round of applause. <laughs> Let's go. Warm up those fingers, guys. I love it. Cool. All right, man. Well, well, let's stay in touch. We want to hear on the progress of the channel. We want to hear on the progress of the stock. Whenever you have new stock ideas, come back because we, we always like pitches and ideas. Awesome. Thank you so much, Luke. It's great. great All right. You. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. All right. How about that, guys? Pretty damn impressive. We're, we're, I mean, 17 years old. Not, not just like, like investing in, you know, your, your Roblox or here, here's my Apple pick, right? Like actually finding stocks that we as a group have not talked about again, guys. The ticker PGNY, Papa Golf, November Yankee. Um, and all right, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a preview for, for what we have coming up today. I, I, I know that I promised you guys two options trades today. But 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 I, I we ran out of time, but but don't worry, I'll be back. So 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 we, we we got a handful of interesting things later on our schedule today. So so I'm gonna be running a new show today at six o'clock Eastern, six p.m. Eastern. I'll be back with Flex Trades, aka Matt Grebin, six p.m. Eastern. Be there, be square. We'll go through both the options trades then. Uh, and then at 7 o'clock Eastern with, with, with the Ruel Report, I'll also be hanging out with you guys. We're going to be talking more NFTs, crypto, how to trade those markets, how to understand those markets. So if NFT is a black box for you, if crypto is a black box for you, don't worry. Stay. I just threw my pen. Don't worry. Stay tuned. We will get to that. So again, guys, 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we're we're going to be doing some options trades. We're going to have Flex Trade Matt back with us. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, we're going to be talking crypto NFTs. Uh, and so we have a jam-packed day. And at, at now o'clock Eastern, I'm going to throw him back on the stream here in, in just a second. We, we, we have Mr. Resnick. Aren't you going to be tired? Uh, yes. Weren't you out of town this weekend and stuff? Yes. So where'd you go? 
Uh, I, I went to Petoskey, Michigan. It's like if, if you, this is Michigan, right? It's a little thumb. There you go. All the way up there towards the top. I, I got some reading in. I got did some you, napping in. So. Did, you go, did you go skiing? Mm-mm. Nope. It, it's too intimidating. I like to be on my own two feet. Skiing sort of freaks me out. So what do you do when you're um, in Petoskey? R- read a lot, basically. Just with your dad, he read and you read next to each other? Yep. <laughs> It's so cute, right? I know. We we like you know we we like we sat on like this nice heated patio and we watched the looked out at Lake Michigan and read our books. What book? Did you read? Right, right. What book did you read? Uh, I'm so so I finished so, okay so so two I finished this book. Uh, Anton Chekhov, his complete short story collection, sort of a cool introduction to Russian literature. I had not read that before, uh, and then I started this next book called I Claudius, um, and and it's about uh, an, an old Russian emperor. Well, I guess all Russian emperors are old, um, but but basically it's it's a fake autobiography by him. Very interesting. And you liked it? I liked it. How was the drive? I liked it. The, the drive was okay. It wasn't bad. There no traffic. Three, four hours. I mean, I, I hate driving for that long, but I did it. Why didn't you take your helicopter? We could have taken the helicopter. The plane was out. It was in the shop, so so we ended okay. up driving. That's fair. That's fair. So the guy did uh, – the progeny was interesting stock. Um, it was pretty fun buying all those stocks on Friday. I can't believe I haven't sold some. I'm a little upset, though. I think I missed JetBlue. I didn't buy JetBlue. Or United Airlines. Um, someone said UAL that I missed that, but I don't think anyone told me that. If I go back to my uh, history, I don't think that UAL was on the list. Um, hey, and then do you guys um, talking to Luke like he's a little kid? Yeah, Luke's my nephew. I got. I can't talk. He's my nephew, uh, Tetrahedron IX. Um, but um, what I was gonna say to you guys is. FDA calendars. I don't know if you guys ever look up FDA calendars, Padufa dates, when things are going to be released. Um, I think we're finally releasing that on Tuesday. Um, on Tuesday. So uh, St. Patrick's Day, releasing an FDA calendar. Um, and I think you um, I think you guys will enjoy it. And uh, I, ideally, you guys will own it. Tell us what we need to make better. Um, we are... Um, we are all team, so we need you guys to tell us what we can do to make this stuff better. Um, so, yeah, and then um, you guys are talking about a short squeeze on CLOV. Uh, Bree, can you share your screen and put CLOV up? CLOV up. Um, yes, sir. I'm not in. I'm not in Clover, guys. I know you guys wanted me in there for a while. I'm not in. I just. I've been to Clover's headquarters. I liked how they were scrappy and stuff, but I just, I got in for a, a New York minute and then I just went back to what, what, how I felt that I should do. So, wait, are we uh, pulling up Clover or CCIV? You said no, CLOV, CLOV, oh, CLOV, Clover. Uh, yeah, I never said CCIV. Sorry. Um, this guy really wants us to um, talk about it. So he says there could be a short squeeze. So let's pull it up. I'm not saying CLOV is bad, guys. Shamath is great. And he knows what he's doing, so I'm not saying it's bad. Just so you guys I like know. I like short squeezes. We've seen what can happen with those. Oh, I used to be the writer of short squeezes. Look at that. Okay, we're up 0. 0.6. Okay, I'm gonna get the daily short interest on that. Let me double check. Okay, so that's the chart. That's Clover. one thing that scares me with this is I'm pretty sure Chamath sold all his shares, and he was like the biggest cheerleader for Clover and the one that no, like, led the back no. deal. 
I don't think he sold all his shares unless that happened today. Why are you saying that? Um, our uh, he he and Dan on their podcast said that they that Chamath got out of it last week. I'm not sure. I didn't verify that myself. If we did, it would be in the news below. Scroll, scroll below. Are you do you got, do you know for what Aaron Bree is saying? I Chamath got out of the um. The yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll know in the comments if that's right or not. He got out of Virgin Atlantic. I never heard he got out of Clover. Are you spreading fake news? I mean, maybe that he sold space. Why are you saying okay, that? Okay, then maybe that's what. It, okay, you're right. I was confused. Oh my gosh! You could just chart. You just could cause a sell-off, man. You got out of Virgin. Okay, guys. They were okay. That's right. You were. They were talking about how he sold that and speculating if he was going to sell Clover then too. Oh my god! Wow. What if they? What if you would have caused the sell-off on that? You know? Well, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah. But what, I mean, what 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 caused Clover to go down from, all right, I'll pull up the three month. It was all the way up here at like $18 a couple months ago. Now it's all the way down at nine. Because they had some numbers. People didn't love them. Um, a lot of speculation that this is going to redo medical care in terms of costs and they're using data science and it didn't play out in the quarters. Remember, these things aren't quarterly plays. Uh, yeah, no no lunch. Yeah, he didn't get to – yeah, um, no lunch for Aaron. Yeah, I hear you. No, we got to 150, but I, I'm going to wait till after the show's over to take my lunch, you know. No, you can't have lunch now because oh, – because well, I messed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean look what you caused. That's a – and, and you were like confident. You're like, yeah, they said it on the podcast. I'm like, you're hey, right. Egg on my face. You, like, you should made, I go grab an egg? You made it sound even more believable by saying they said it on the podcast, you know? You're completely right. Yeah, it was Spice. They were talking about Space. He was talking about uh, him selling and not. But yeah, they they started speculating about the um, if he was going to hold his Clover shares. or that Actually, what they said was if – they thought if Chamath thought that Clover was like not a good company, then he would have sold like he did Space. So they were actually bullish on on Clover for that reason that he sold one, but not this one that he's holding on to this one. But what's so what's like what's like the long term bull case for this for this for the company that they're going to be the the Clover app is going to be an app that everyone uses for healthcare? No, something with I don't know the whole story. We have to get we, we should get a we should get a Clover bull to come on. Um, we should, we should we should definitely do that. Um, yeah, we should get a clover ball. Let me let me uh, let me show what I'm looking at on my screens here. Okay, I'll pull up yeah, Keep up your screen. Keep up your screen. Keep up your screen. Let me. It's okay. People make mistakes here. No big deal. No big deal. All right. So just I'm glad we corrected it right away. So oh, no I'm worries. glad too. I would hate to I would hate to put out false fake news out there. That's you know yeah. not, what, not what we do. V- vintage. I agree. I'm putting vintage's comment in the thing. Um, I know what the heck was that, Matt? What, what was that? I wasn't mean. Oh my God, where where's vintage? Vintage? Oh, all the way there. A lot of comments coming in. Okay, that's what I was trying to show. All right, so ALK guys about Alaska Airlines. It's up twenty four percent. The options. I don't believe I bought UAL or um, you know um. UAL or JetBlue, but I would have thought about JetBlue. What's, what's been the best performing airline stock out of all those that you buy? I saw I saw Southwest today was up a bunch. I mean, no one told me buy, to buy UAL. I don't know why, but it's okay. At the end of the day, it's my fault. What 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 airline do you like flying the most? Well, flying the most is definitely not necessarily like 
what stock goes up the most. You know what I mean? No, no, I'm just curious. What airline do you do you use when you fly? Delta. Delta. Okay. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm a Southwest guy. Well, it's a see, it's a hub in Michigan, and so which people think, oh, that's a great thing. You can fly everywhere, but really, it creates creates a monopoly in Michigan. So I could fly. One time, I had to go to L.A. to fly to L.A. from Michigan was twelve hundred. The same flight, if I just took it from Chicago, was four hundred. The, the flight went from Detroit to Chicago to L.A. If I would have driven to Chicago, it's four hundred versus L.A. twelve hundred versus Detroit twelve hundred. They have a monopoly here, so they have no competition. But that's just what it is. When I move to Puerto Rico, it'll be a little bit different, you know? Got it. Yeah. I think actually Southwest used to have a hub in St. Louis where I'm at, but they're not, it, the hub's not there anymore. But I just like Southwest. It's so easy being able to change your flight at any time. You get a free bag. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I could do, I mean, I could do that with uh, Delta. I like, I'm a Delta Diamond, so I get access to all that. And do you stuff. have a do you have a Delta credit card then that you're getting like rewards and stuff on too or no? Yeah, that's how I got to be a Delta Diamond. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna buy some UAL call options. Hopefully, it continues the rally tomorrow. What else do you guys want to buy? I'm best are Alaska, Delta, and Southwest. Um, about UAL. Um, all right. So now, what is the next one? Southwest. I don't know. That's symbol love. Okay, so I'll go to love. Yep, I, I just got pulled some, up right here on the. I got executed on my UALs about some April seventies. That's too much, too quick. That's going to not be worth the. <laughs> I thought I bought end of April, about April first. Shoot, that's not good. April Fool's Day, it's really going to fool me. All right, so I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to buy some love. Um, going to have to buy some love, but I'm going to have to do a lot longer day. I'm going to buy some options for October in love. What are you going to do? Like a seventy strike price 75 well i should share the screen let me get them to share the screen before i before i bring the guest on hold on uh yeah and boeing i know people like boeing too so um okay so where is it all right there we go sharing the screen here we go the one thing i like about boeing right now compared to a lot of these other airline stocks is boeing is still trading way below its pre-covid levels when a lot i mean southwest has now surpassed what it was trading what, what, at was, what, was, what was boeing pre-covid levels uh let's look on benzinga pro real quick ea is the ticker let's go back to two year so are you, are you can you see this on the screen right now me on um, yeah oh wait no yeah. you're showing yours here i'll add mine i'm showing mine i'm making a trade i was I'm showing I'm showing mine the graph of Boeing real quick. So on February 2020, on February 9th of 2020, right before the market crash from COVID, it was sitting at 344, so 344 dollars, and right now it's only at 267. Yeah, so it's still got another 80 dollars to get back to its its pre-COVID levels, whereas Southwest and American Airlines, some of these others are already surpassing their pre-COVID price price levels. Interesting. Which, I mean, obviously a lot has gone into Boeing with some of the problems they've had with their planes. But as Spencer was talking about last week, it's it's a, uh, you know, there's only two companies, Airbus and Boeing. So Boeing's not going anywhere. No, that's true. Um, I just, I get so mad about Boeing because you could have had it at four, you could have had it at $100, you know? You're saying right when it crashed from COVID? Yeah, I mean, there was a no, there was plenty of days that Donald Trump would be out there and saying, this Boeing thing's way under value, you know, he was... All about Boeing. All about Boeing. Yeah. I mean, there uh, were a million. There were a million stocks right when that uh, crash happened. That looking back on it now, I mean, like Disney dropped all the way to like eighty bucks, and like we all know Disney's not going anywhere. So, 
Yeah, um, Disney, I, I hear you. The thing, the other one, AMC came back today, but, but, by the way. You know, I've owned AMC. I don't know if I still have it in my account. AMC, I think that's 12, and that's Hold that one up real quick. a lot of debt. 14, wow. Holy moly. Holy moly. And I think yeah, I'm pull, I pulled up the five-day chart of AMC. Oh and looking God. at this on last Thursday, it was at 12 or it was at 10.22, and now it's at four. I mean, that's over 40% in like two what market the heck? What did I, how did I not see? I own the bunch of AMC too. Um, Jesus. Okay. So I think we had, um, I think you have a guest, Ryan. Uh, I mean, uh, Aaron, I'll let you take it away, play the music. and Yes, sir. Aaron. How we doing, Jolly Green Investor? How's it going? My name's Shane. Shane, how we doing? I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. Good, Aaron. How's it going? Good. This is a good, it's a nice little, it's kind of festive we're bringing you on this week with St. Patrick's Day, huh? Yeah, perfect. Works perfectly. Can you, t- can you tell us what, so what, what's, what's the background with that name, Jolly Green Investor? Um, so I've been an investor for about five years now, and um, honestly, I watched that, uh, the new David Attenborough documentary that came out like a year ago. And I just realized that the future is green, sustainable technology. All the cities are going to be using everything like that. And I figured, why not build a brand or a personality around sharing investment ideas that relate only to things like electric vehicles, green energy, you know, fintech, all that kind of stuff. So I started a Twitter account for it um, in November, and it kind of took off. And then I started making TikTok videos like two months ago, and, and the audience have really been loving it. So it's kind of, kind of blowing up. Awesome. I just threw your... Uh... Twitter link in the chat. Give it a second to load in there. So if people want to go check out your Twitter, that'll be there. Perfect. So you said you've been trading for about five years now? Yeah, I'll, like, you know, pretty passively for the first couple of years. Um, been been getting into it quite a bit over the past three years. Um, and yeah, now it's, it's kind of taken on its, this whole uh, life of its own with this new Jolly Green Investor thing. So you're doing that like full time now, Jolly Green inv- Investing and then running the social accounts? Um, so no, I, I run a couple of other um, businesses. So I'm an entrepreneur on, the, on my main job as well. So I've started a few online businesses that I've been running for about seven years. Um, but the trading is definitely becoming uh, much more a part of my life now. Now that I have you know the social media stuff, you know, once you actually get a bit of a following, and I have to make making a couple of TikTok videos every day, you know, it's, it's kind of like a full time job doing this, and then also coming up with ideas to share with people and stuff. So yeah, it's it's taking up a lot of my time, but honestly, like I love it. Got it. I see a. A question, or a question in the comments. I just have to ask because I saw it. someone wanted me to ask if you have you blown up an account, an account before. Um, no, this is like the first time that I've ever had a social media go like. No, like um, blown, blown up an investing account, like a, a, a portfolio. Oh no, no. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> we have a jo- a running joke on the show that you you got to do it at one point. Okay. But- all right. Well, maybe maybe, maybe you don't have to. That's we'll we'll try to stay away from that. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a list of the things that you you like to invest in between uh, EV, so electric vehicles, green ener- green energy, cannabis, um, psychedelic medicine, fintech. That kind of does the fintech that you like. Does that is it related just to work from home fintech or just all sort of fintech? I mean, yeah, work from home um, is is a uh, kind of an industry that I'm passionate about because I have been working from home before it was cool. Like I've been doing it for for seven years now. So now that with the rise of it, I I really love all that um, technology. But the fintech, anything in fintech space, I'm I'm super passionate about whether it be crypto or or peer to peer payments platforms or anything like that. I think 
you know, fintech is, is something that I think people are still underrating in terms of how much change it's going to have in the world. So all these new platforms that are coming out and um, the things that we can invest in now, I think, are, are a really big deal. Um, yeah, so I, look, one thing I'm curious about is just between all these different sectors, between EVs, green energy, cannabis, that have obviously had kind of like some big run-ups within the past year. Um, is that something that scares you at all? Or the fact that like some of these sectors are up 100% or whatever over the past 12 months? Definitely. I mean, a lot of all this stuff is is definitely has seen the hype train go after it quite a bit over the past year or two um, with different things. So um, I think you kind of have to separate, you know, uh, price to earnings ratios and valuations a little bit sometimes with these things because the hype is just a little bit crazy. Um, but I think there's opportunities, you know, when you see a stock run up goes 3x over like a, a few months and then it dips down and you really like that that company, then that's your opportunity to get in because the hype train will go back. So for example, we saw the psychedelics industry go crazy like maybe three months ago and companies that I really love like MindMed and stuff, they went, I don't know, five to 10x in, in a matter of a month. Um, and now they've kind of all kind of come down quite a bit. But even though the fundamentals of the company haven't changed, I think the hype train will get rolling again. So you just have to be ready to time that kind of thing with those sectors. Got it. So you're thinking, so you're basically saying more with like the stocks that you like, even though they've had a run up, you're just kind of like watching them waiting for some dips and then adding back in some more. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You do have to be, be, you know, skeptical of certain industries, especially, you know, with EVs and all the new SPACs, you know, companies that are, have zero revenue trading at 10 billion market valuations, you know, something like CCIV can happen at any time where it just goes crash. Um, but you know, the market right now is a lot of it's based around, you know, for better or for worse, is based around hype. And, you know, I'm not necessarily holding all my trades for, for a long term, but um, there's just so many companies out there that if you really like a company, you believe in it. Once that hype train goes in, you know, you get some shares. And, and I think if you really want to hold them for the long term, you can make out uh, positive. Got it. Yeah. And I do want to mention just, I know you, you mentioned MindMed as far as in the, in the psychedelic space. We do have, a, we have an interview coming up with Kevin O'Leary this Thursday. Oh, awesome. Oh, I believe it's yeah. at 2 p.m. Eastern. So uh, maybe you'll, you'll want to tune in for that because I'm sure they'll come up. Yeah, I'll definitely tune into that. I, I've been following them um, for about a year now. And I think that whole space is just super interesting. Probably maybe my personally, my most favorite um, sector to kind of do research in and dive into is the, is the psychedelic medicine space. I think it's, it's going to have a massive impact on the world. Um, and it's, it's only really just starting to be understood. And institutional investors can't really get into that as well because none of those companies are really on the NASDAQ or anything. So I think huge opportunity lies in that space. And MindMed is my number one pick for that one. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a few different companies kind of OTC. We've, we've had uh, the CEO of uh, Red Holland on before the ticker's Truff for that one, TRUFF. Yep. But I, I, I agree that MindMed kind of looks to be like the leading leading company in that sector. Yeah. Um, and, and I just feel like there's kind of some similarities between um, what we saw, like the early stages of the emerging cannabis markets. I mean, obviously that this is, you know, that was probably like eight or, you know, years ago or so, but the way people were talking about cannabis then and kind of the naysayers and haters, and you hear that now with the, with the psychedelics and it just seems kind of parallel to me. And so uh, that's something that I'm really excited for is watching that space, how kind of how it grows. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, you make some really good points there. And um, I've been, because obviously Kevin O'Leary is a big investor in MindMed. I've been following all the things that he says about it over the past six to 12 months or whatever it's been. Um, and you know, he makes some interesting points about the psychedelic industry in particular that 
I think it's more attractive for institutional investors and big money because they're going, it's, it's a medicinal play. It's not a recreational play. Whereas cannabis, it was always really going to be a recreational play. And it's going to take, you know, America a long time to get that legal at a federal level. Whereas psychedelics, it's a medicinal play. So everything they're going to bring to market is going to be FDA approved. So I think that's, it really, it puts the big money at rest that they're putting their money behind something that's federally legal as opposed to cannabis where, you know, it's legal at the state level, but the federal government can all clamp down, which is why we've seen some of those stocks struggle over the past few years because they never got the, the backing from the financial, from the institutions after the retail investors built up the hype. So I think the, um, once the kind of trials for the psychedelic medicines come through the FDA and get approved, I think we're going to see just a massive explosion. And um, yeah, I think we're, we're still super early. So I'm super excited about that industry. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm curious too on your opinion is in that in that sector is, um, you know, I know for MindMed, I was looking at it too the other day. They're using the like psychedelic, like the actual like drug they're using is from LSD, correct? Uh, so MindMed is doing trials with I think six or seven different psychedelics. So LSD is one of them. They have an M- one that's sourced from MDMA, from psilocybin, from mushrooms, from ketamine, and a couple of other ones that I don't. I, it's just like a chemical name. I don't even know what's going on. Right. There, but. Yeah. Well, that's what I was curious about is because I know like looking into it, like a lot of it seems like most companies are more focused on like the psilocybin, which is what comes from like the mushrooms. But it seems like um, I know when I like went to MindMed's website, they have like a project Lucy that, that's more from like LSD. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. They're, um, you know, using like LSD as opposed to psilocybin, which it seems like the other companies are more focused in. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love my meds so much is because they're experimenting with all these different trials for different drugs. And again, it's, it's what Kevin O'Leary said. That's why he put his money behind them is because they have so many different trials going. They're more likely to find that gold, that amazing treatment. You know, it might not be the, this drug or this one or whatever, but whatever they, they've got seven different things going, they're much more likely to find that one thing that is you know really going to change the world. I'm going to pull up my meds chart. I know it's still, uh, OTC right now. Yeah, they, they, they've applied for their uh, NASDAQ uplisting. And honestly, like it sounds like it could happen pretty soon. Are you you're, you're expecting that to happen pretty soon? Yeah. So um, I believe they filed for their NASDAQ uplisting sometime in the past six months. And you know, it's you never really know when it's going to happen. I think I read they some people were expecting it to happen in March. So this month, um, you know, who knows, but yeah, I've I've been in my med for, for a while now. And That'd be good news. And do you have a do you have a broker like set up to trade these over the counter stocks or? Yeah. So I live in Canada and I use RBC and Quest Trade to trade. So I have two different portfolios, um, but I can trade OTC out of either of those. Got it. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, looking at the chart there, I mean, it went a bit crazy there what, a few months ago, and I think it, it's kind of been in a consolidation zone for a while now. Oh yeah, so here's what you're talking about where it went crazy back in February, it went all the way up to four fifty. Well, if like. you zoom out a little bit more, zoom to six months. Okay, here's six months. Yeah, so right there's here. the first the uh, first run up there. Yeah. All the way to five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first crazy run where we were all like, wow, this is really happening. Um and then yeah, it traded sideways there for a bit. And then there was now it's 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 in a gray zone right now. Like this is this is a good buy zone here, I think. I like how that looks. I mean, anytime I see a stock that goes up to a certain point, then drops down, but then holds that level that it drops down to and kind of like, as you said, trade sideways. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons for the recent dip was they just did an offering. So they've done two, they did a first, an initial offering after that massive spike in December or whatever it was, which is kind of what killed that rally. 
And then it started rallying again like a month ago. And then they did another offering for like, I don't know, another $70 million. So whenever a company like that does an offering, the shares go down. But I usually treat that as a buy the dip opportunity. So yeah, I think that's that's a good opportunity right now for sure. Beautiful. I like that a lot. I I wish I I honestly don't have anything set up to for me to buy OTC stock. So I guess I'm just going to be kind of wait until it hits hits the Nasdaq. I mean, a, a lot of people don't. I make a lot of um, a lot of my videos are about OTC stocks, and I've been getting into some penny stocks as well recently. And the number one comment that I always see is, "How do I buy these stocks?" You know, Robinhood doesn't offer these stocks. Webull doesn't offer these stocks. So I get you know hundreds of comments of people that. They, they literally, they do not know how to buy these stocks. So there's a huge disconnect between the new generation of investors and these kind of stocks. And they, they just don't know because if they're not on Robinhood, they just, it's not within their world. So there's, there's a huge opportunity there. Do you know a company, I don't know if it's a ticker, the company's name called Atai, A-T-A-I? Yep. What do they do? Uh, so that's, they're also in the psychedelic space. I don't know exactly what their angle is. Um, but I, I've, I've been watching them for a little bit. Um, I think, I think they probably psilocybin medicine based. Um, but honestly, I don't know exactly what they do. They're, they've been on my psychedelics watch this for a while though. I'll tell you that much. Got it. We had Tony, Tony from Toledo asking us about it. I didn't know anything about it either. So I wanted to know if it's definitely been a hot, a hot ticker. I've seen a lot of people talking about it on like Twitter and stuff. Oh, well, he's asking, do you know when it's going public? So maybe I guess it's not. He said one of the most talented psychedelics companies. Interesting. Oh, so maybe okay. that- that's Etai, right. Okay, my mistake. So there was another one I was talking about. So Etai, um, that's, uh, yeah, probably one of the biggest psychedelic companies that's going to be going public. It's backed by um, some massive investors. I think maybe Peter Peter Thiel is behind that one as well. Um yeah, I mean, he, he's behind Palantir too. So it seems like if Peter yeah. Thiel is behind something that uh, he's behind a lot of things. So yeah, yeah outside, uh, people are, are expecting that to be a massive, massive IPO uh, in the psychedelic space. I think what they are is basically they're like a holding company and they own a bunch of different companies or different things in the space. So um, I think they would be the biggest um, psychedelic company by market cap when they do go public. Yeah. And I don't know if you struggle with this, but like sometimes just like looking at tickers and charts like all day, like every day, I feel like I need to like take a step back and kind of look at the bigger picture sometimes. For sure. You can get lost in and trying to read the charts and stuff. Um, and that's why I love investing and researching in the industries that I'm going into, like these clean energy and, and the psychedelics medicine, because all you have to do is take a step back and think about where the world is going to be in five and 10 years and how important all these industries are going to be like psychedelic medicine and cannabis and electric vehicles, clean energy, like it is going to be everywhere. We're right. really just at the start of the, the boom in all of these industries, even though they're all super hyped. I still don't think people grasp how, how influential they are going to be in our everyday lives in five to 10 years. So you really just got to be confident in like the macro trends of where these industries are going and, and kind of takes all us that your money is, is in, in, in a good place. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something, you know, at least I can incorporate more of is kind of like taking a step back, looking at the overall trends. And that's something that I, you know, like to do with this industry in particular, because like, in addition to all these companies doing great research and stuff right now, you have these like bigger trends, like with, with COVID and the lockdowns and stuff, we saw an increase of people dealing with anxiety and things like that. And it seems like all the solutions that we have right now is on the medicine front, you know, a lot of them aren't great as far as what um, people deal with, like potential bad side effects from 
benzos, like, you know, from like stuff like Xanax and stuff that that doctors currently are prescribing with for anxiety. So it seems like there's definitely room to grow and definitely, you know, it's like it's like ten years ago, you know, all we were doing was prescribing oxys for for pain medicine, and now, you know, some of those people are able to get off oxys and those hard uh, painkillers with cannabis. So it's like I I see I. I foresee something similar happening in that. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Absolutely. I think you you got it right there. Um, the events of the last year have really just brought to light how important um, coming up with these new types of solutions are. Um, I think when you when you really dive into the psychedelic medicine and the the size of the market as a whole, I've done, you know, I've tried to find out as many of the numbers as I can. I think people are really underestimating the value of the market. You know, when someone says, you know, the market is worth $10 billion and my med can maybe take a 10% or whatever. I think the actual size of the market is a lot bigger than that because there's so many people that have these mental illnesses that just aren't getting treated at all. Um, so when these new, you know, hopefully better working solutions come into the market, pe- the, the size of the market will actually expand because people are going to want these these drugs or whatever you want to call them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's... It's a super important and super uh, just interesting space to be investing in. And I think it's a long-term trend where we're going to see, yeah, some some companies, yeah, really. MindMed, you know, what's it trading at? $3 a share right now? Like, honestly, yeah, 292, I, I, 292 right now. 292 Like, it wouldn't surprise me to see that go over 10 in, in you know, 2021 for sure. Yeah, and like, like I said at the beginning when we started talking about this, this is just some – I don't honestly don't know, like – that much about the particular companies what drugs they're using or you know whatever i'm just very excited to kind of watch this market emerge watch it grow because as i said earlier i, I kind of see some similarities that i saw with the way people talked about cannabis as that market was emerging and um you know obviously it seems like with cannabis we, we still have some more growing in that market to do but from where that market as a whole is right now compared to 10 years ago it's night and day absolutely and i, I feel I feel a bit of a connection with a lot of these companies. Uh, most of them are based in Canada right now. So, you know, for me, myself being a Canadian, I think it's, it's great to see a lot of the innovation coming from north of the border. Um, and yeah, so whether they're based in Toronto or based in Vancouver, where I am, um, I just love to see it. So yeah, remind I, me, we have, a, we have another, we have one, a Canadian company that's actually sponsoring an upcoming biotech uh, called Numinous, I believe. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Numinous um, is probably like my my number two or number three pick in the space. Okay, um, based out of that's over the counter right now too, right? Yep. Yeah, so that one's based out of Vancouver. Got it. I got it pulled up right here. Yeah, and I, so if we look at the six month, we can see like it had a run up similar to MindMed up here, where it got all the way up to a dollar ninety, and now it's yep. back down to ninety seven cents. Yeah. Again, so. Um, MindMed kind of led the charge in that first run-up in December, I guess it was, um, and then all the other ones kind of followed up there. And yeah, Numinous is another great company. They are doing work with psilocybin, and they are opening up their own line of physical care centers where you can go in and get treated, um, which is an angle that a few of the other um, companies in the space, another big one is Field Trip, which actually operates... Um, physical mental centers i think they have them in toronto la new york and chicago so people are really high on field trip because they you can actually go to their centers right now and you can get treated for mental illnesses with psychedelics the only legal psychedelic on the market right now is uh, ketamine based Uh, and i watched a few documentaries about it but people are super high on companies like field trip and numinous because they are going into the physical care center space 
Um, so right. it's a bit of a different angle than what my meta is doing. Uh, it's similar, but yeah, it's, it's just another other thing that you can add to their portfolio of value that they're going to give to Kube. Um, you know, customers that need these these treatments. Right. And I know in the limited research that I've done in this sector, I know that's kind of something that some people are uh, foreseeing or foreshadowing that the future of uh, like mental health visits could be going to a doctor and doing like a guided trip with something. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it seems so out there to hear about it now, but who knows where we're going to be at in 10 years. hundred percent. There was a, there was a pretty de- a good documentary that was on, or not a documentary, it was on uh, CNN. It was a special about psychedelics that aired about maybe a month or two ago. I don't know if you, if you caught it, um, but they got a bunch of people that had various mental illnesses in and showed how they were being treated by these new psychedelic drugs. And it was exactly what you said. They go in and they have a guided trip with a licensed professional using different substances. And whether it's PTSD, anxiety, addiction, or trauma, um, they were seeing just, you know, an effect of these substances that is 10 times or 100 times better than the over-the-counter the, the over the counter drugs that they're getting from Big Pharma right now. Got it. Uh, I'm seeing a comment. So I guess there's a uh, ETF set up for psychedelics. Uh, it's PSYK. I'm going to pull it yeah, up. Yeah, psych. Oh, it's not pulling up on my uh, – probably because it's like OTC. It's not pulling up on Benzinga Pro. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's like it's psych.ne. I think it's NEO on the NEO markets. Um, we might not have. Is yeah, that you might not have that one. Just on Canadian, or yeah, I think it's Canadian only. Um, so that just launched. Um, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not personally in that ETF because I hold. I've got a bunch of the actual companies themselves. Um, that just launched like a month ago, so it was kind of like a bit of a landmark in the psychedelic industry to see like a first ETF come out, which is really good to see. Um, probably brings a little bit more institutional money into it. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a big MyMed guy and Numinous and a couple of the other ones. So I didn't feel the need to get into the ETF at this stage. Yeah. It seems like if the ETF is like comprised mostly of stocks that you're already holding, that it's, you know, that you're already covered in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not a huge ETF guy in general. Um, I was when I started out before I was really deep, uh, diving into the individual companies themselves. Um, it's a great way for someone that doesn't know about any of the companies and just wants to get into the space. I would say the Psych ETF is, is probably a good option. Um, I did have a look at the companies that were listed that they own in the ETF, and it was, it was all the typical su- suspects that you would think. And then there was a couple of – I think they, uh, they have Johnson & Johnson in there as well, which is interesting. Weird. Are they, have John, has Johnson & Johnson made any announcements on that front? Um, I haven't seen anything, but um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's interesting. We'll, we'll have to look into that. Um, yeah. All right, so we got we got about five minutes left or so. I want to kind of pivot from Sykes real quick. I know we've you've got a few other sectors here. And so I wanted to ask about EVs. So sure. kind of like um, the Psych sector, we've seen a huge run-up in EVs. Um, do, you, do you have some favorites in that sector? Um, yeah, so I've uh, EVs is probably yeah just up there with psychedelics with my favorite sector to invest in. Obviously, it's been red hot over the past six months. Um, other than the usual suspects that everyone's investing in, like Tesla and Neon stuff, and you know, I was, I was pretty early on the CCIV train with the SPACs. I've been, you know, really di- diving into the EV SPACs. It just seems like there were so many coming out there for, for a few months, which was really interesting. Um, some of the ones that I think are really interesting right now are uh, FUV Arkimoto. Yep. Yeah, they we, do. We've had their CEO Mark uh, Frommer. I don't know how to say his last name. I hope that's right. On the show before, it's. A super interesting company. Really cool company. Like I want, I want one of those things. I want to drive around in one of those little FUVs. Like, have you seen how cool they are? Like, they look yeah. awesome. Yeah, 
Did you do? Do you know who the young investor is? Yeah, yeah. He's big on FUV. We've had him on the show too. So you every time him, yeah. I, yeah, I've asked Mark, the CEO of uh, FUV, if we can send send young investor one one overseas to Britain, but he won't be able to drive it for another six years or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a really cool company. Um, I kind of had a bit of a dive into what their long term mission is a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, they have these fun utility vehicles, but they're also making them for, you know, commercial use for um, medical vehicles, for delivery vehicles. So I think other than just, you know, people buying these FUVs just to have a bit of fun with, which a lot of people probably will, I think there's a, a, a use case for, you know, hospitals and medevacs and, uh, you know, downtown delivery vehicle. Like if you're delivering a pizza or something like that, I feel like that's great. That's perfect. You can zip around. So I think yeah. that's... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you out. Go ahead. No, that, that's. I think. I think it's. Um, it's a lot more than what people think when they first take a look at it, and they think it's just like a fun vehicle thing. Um, but even looking at the chart, like you know, it went crazy there, and you know, it got beaten down with the rest of the tech sector and the EV sector in uh, specifically for that last market correction. But yeah, look, I think it's you know it's come back already quite a bit. Um, I think it's a it's a it's in a good zone right now, and and I I believe in the company, and I, I really like it. Yeah, I know. So basically. Well, here, real quick, I want to address this comment and, or question in the comments. Someone asked about what about J&J. Basically, we were saying that J&J was included in this psych ETF, but we don't know why, really. Uh, neither Shane or I know if J&J has done anything in that industry or why they're in that ETF. Um, but back to FUV. So basically, they make these vehicles, that they're and they're not even like kind of like a legal, I don't want to say loophole, but they're not even considered like, cars they're um so you don't need like a, a to get them like get a license plate on them or anything right um and they're basically like three-wheeled electric kind of those like spider things you know and yeah. so i was kind of not i'm not gonna say bearish on the company but i was like what well, i don't i don't get like as you said like the use case and then as you look into it more you're like wow every single hospital could be using these instead of whatever vehicles you're using or every single college campus could be using these as for their campus vehicles every single um you know at like a big sporting complex if you have like eight different fields or whatever coaches can write you know so it seems like they do have a niche a niche that they can fill in that use case it'll just be interesting to see how if that catches on or not for sure i think it's um as, as you said, it's a bit more than meets the eye when you see this fun vehicle and you think it's just a, basically a toy. Um, but again, like what I was saying at the, at the start of the, when I came on here, a lot of these companies, you know, they run up on the hype and, you know, the fundamentals may not match it. But, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a, a shorter swing trade or whatever, a company like this is a perfect example where, you know, it has a cool product, it's flashy, it's got the hype behind it. So, you know, you get in early and, you know, you could hold the stock for a few weeks while it runs up and, and then cash out if that's if that's your angle that these are great companies to do it with but then the other side if you really look into the long-term mission of the company i think there's so many use cases the one thing i will say is like um this is for warm climate only you know you don't really want to be driving one of these things around in new york in the winter yeah uh, it seems like like canada might not be their biggest market you know no summer only i think summer only for our our brief three-month summer only yeah Oh, someone in the comments is saying they're having a difficulty time or difficult time finding a vendor for their windshields due to the complexity of their design. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. This is super custom design. 
Yeah, so that's it, that's just what was interesting to me, like looking into it. Is it's that they're in this like weird spot, like they're not really cars, they're not really motorcycles. Like you're, they're street legal, but you don't need to get a license plate for them. They can go up to like sixty five or something. So if you really wanted to, you could get on a highway with one of them or something. Yeah. But I don't know. It, you know, they're not really designed to be driven on the freeway or anything like that. So no. I'm kind of just like sitting on the sidelines, waiting to see if if that. Um, kind of like the business to business model, like really picks up for them. Like if they're going to be selling a bunch to hospitals, college campuses, et cetera, then yeah, it's a very interesting company. If they're only selling to individuals for like the fun utility, like it being a, a toy basically, then I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I think it is, it is a wait and see for sure from, from that perspective. Um, but you know, if you're looking for a hype for hype stocks, which this market is, is full of them. Um, this was a great one. You know, you could have made a really, really good, profit there in, in a few months and i think right now i mean the electric vehicle sector as a whole has just got crushed over the past Ooh, that's a good point someone said imagine florida retirement communities oh like absolutely yeah. it's like it's like a, it's like a superpower golf cart yeah exactly you get yeah. you get you know just drive you drive down the street to your friend's house you don't need a uh you know <laughs> but um yeah. i i think it like I was gonna say I think it's really fun. Like their, their vehicles are obviously they're for their it's a fun utility. But yeah. I mean, the the ticker's fun. The the um, you know yeah. I, I I do like I like I, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna buy it right now, but I'm just gonna put it on my watch list and keep watching this one for sure. Uh, another electric vehicle company that I want to mention that I really like is um it's a SPAC uh, Lion Electric, so it's NGA. Um, so they are bringing the company Lion Electric public. Which is NGA, a Canadian a ticker NGA? Yeah, Northern Genesis. Okay, I got him. Yep. So, oh, so this had a nice run up back in January, all the way up to thirty five. Big time. So they are bringing Line Electric public. Line Electric is a Canadian company, which is one of the reasons why I like that one so much. Line Electric makes commercial vehicles, electric, so trucks, vans, and buses. Um, they already have a contract with Amazon, so Amazon is involved in the business for delivery trucks. Um, you know, all going well. I could see Amazon rolling out a huge line of line electric de uh, delivery trucks. So that's one of the reasons why it was so hyped back in late 2020, um, which is a run that I got in on in. Um, and yeah, it's it's been bleeding out significantly since then and, and just got crushed with the latest correction. But I think it's having a pretty good day today. What's up? Up 16% there. Um, um, let me see. I'll go to the one day chart real quick. Oh, yeah. So it. I can't. I'm not seeing. I can't see percentages right now. I don't have it set up for Just that. The but, top yeah. Head, but yeah. Oh yeah, it's up 15. percent Yeah, I think this one's going to come back in a big way as the spotlight maybe shine starts to shine back on EVs. Um, and I think a lot of the retail investors kind of only focus on consumer cars, so Tesla, Neo, FUV, got that kind of stuff. But there's a huge opportunity in the commercial EV sector. Um, so there's a bunch of companies that I like in that space, and Lion Electric would probably be number one. Um, we saw what happened. There was that whole workhorse thing with the USPS Postal Office. You know, that was kind of another one. But um, yeah, Lion Electric, they've got facilities in Canada. They're based out of Quebec. So I'm always supporting the Canadian companies. So yeah, Lion Electric is, is probably my number one choice in the commercial EV sector. I love it. All right, man. Well, we got to wrap here. We got a new show starting right now, an ETF show. Um, I don't know if you cool. want to stick around and watch some of that. But, uh, yeah, sure. We loved having you on. I'd, I'd love to get you back on the show again. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. And uh, if anyone wants to check out my TikTok videos, you can follow me at Jolly Green Money on Twitter or at Jolly Green Investor on TikTok. <laughs> Got it. I'm going to post your uh, 
TikTok and Twitter links in there one more time. And then, uh, yeah, well, let's stay in contact. And anytime we got we got some news on the psych industry or EVs, we'll, we'll bring you back on. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Aaron. No problem. Cheers. Cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.